1: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
2: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Mandalorian Report.
3: Oh, I don't even have sounds. I just have this. ho, ho, ho!
2: <laughs> uh the music of excitement that is what you are hearing today and it's exciting to me to guess which scene or moment made you make that noise or if it was multiple scenes that made you go oh.
3: <laughs> i'll say multiple one big one and i'm talking about the baby birds
2: Oh yeah, the baby birds were pretty great, making a triumphant return. No, that was Ahmed Best, but the baby raptors also had a shocking appearance. We are extremely excited to talk about this episode of The Mandalorian. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, the person making wonderful mouth noises that you can set to music if you want and make the music is Ken Nabsock. Uh, Ken, I am thrilled to talk about this episode. We do want to do a quick plug. Uh, We want to let people know about our Patreon uh, it is at Patreon.com slash Force Center. We're putting a lot of work into it. There are a lot of different things uh, there that you can get access to, including our Discord. If you're excited to talk about The Mandalorian and looking for other Star Wars fans, our Discord is a great place uh, to share your thoughts, appealings, and your own ho 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 noises right there on Discord. We're also experimenting with something called uh, Other Center, where we talk about things that are related to Star Wars or maybe just related to our hearts. Right now, we're talking about Indiana Jones. We have released the first episode of Indiana Jones in the Perilous Podcast that is available now. So if you're interested in any of that, uh, go check it out at patreon.com slash force center. All right, Ken, are you ready for The Mandalorian?
3: I am very ready for this episode. I can't wait. (laughs) We
2: are talking about Chapter 20. Uh, this is in Season 3, Season 3, Episode 4, Chapter 20, The Foundling, written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni, directed by Carl Weathers. About 28 minutes of actual storytelling once you strip all the credits away. But to me, at least, it felt very full and satisfying. Ken, did you look at the length of the episode this week or did you hide it from your eyes as you hit play? Yeah.
3: I, I, I did see it and, uh, you know, uh, there, there was, I gotta admit sometimes a little bit of like a, oh good, I'll actually get to sleep tonight. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. So, uh, I, I don't mind the little sh- shorter episodes, uh, every now and then, but, uh, I, I did know going in it.
2: Yeah. I have such a weird emotional relationship with the length of the episode and I, and I, it, I have gotten to the point where I get distracted if I don't look. So I just give it a quick glance Last week was a real hard week where I had to take my wife uh, to the airport in the middle of the night. So I was like, oh, 58 minutes. Oh, boy. Okay, good, good, good. Mm-hmm. And this week I was like, oh, I'm really ready. I really need some, some great Star Wars. And when I saw the time, I was like, oh, oh, boy, I wish there was more. And then I was so delighted that the episode felt so absolutely full and complete. And it had, to me, everything it needed, <laughs> you know. And uh, no extra meat on the bone, and it was perfect. Um, we always like talking about our prep. Did you have the midnight experience? What was your experience of sitting down to watch this 28 minutes of The Foundling?
3: Yeah, the the road to this episode definitely um, highlights uh, how wonderful this episode was, and maybe something I needed. I think a lot of Star Wars fans le- needed, or maybe just people needed. Long day, not even the greatest day. We had some fun. We did some some bulk taping of uh, figure fights, and we can't wait to share those episodes with y'all. But I had, I had kind of a run in late uh, from my office to the living room, plopped down, uh, alone on the couch. Grace hasn't been able to watch the last couple of weeks, um, and just had that kind of like, ah. Uh, and, then, and then that's why I saw the time. I was like, okay, okay, this is going to be okay. Just, I'll be on this couch, and I can get to bed. I'm really exhausted. And then just you know, the moment it starts, uh, you know, and not even knowing any big reveals or anything, just like, okay, we're here, we're fine, and I, uh, I, love that vibe. And then it just all kind of pays off when, when that thing happens. <laughs> the <that> thing happens. <laughs> we're we'll talking about. It. I, I just, it was the, it was the, uh, the, the medicine, the, 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 the bomb for the, for the wound at the end of the day. Yeah.
2: No, I, I think we're in uh, similar places as, as you and I know. We chatted uh, off air. Mm-hmm. I had a uh, f- a great fun recording figure fights yesterday. Uh, but other than that, is just a, a bad, frustrating day. I had to make a, a hard choice. And it was just one of those days where I was like, I know nothing major in life is wrong, but it feels like everything is horrible. And yeah. I know that's just the feeling today and I will get past it, but I have to just sit in it. Um, and like I said, figure fights recording was, was great It was a blessing in the middle of the day But it was like that ooh, The darkness was there Then it went away for recording And then it came back mm-hmm. uh, And then I was like Oh, please Please go away for the Mandalorian I'd really like that um,
4: yeah.
2: And this episode was really uh, interesting Because the wonderful Carl Weathers Just tweeted out like Hey, everybody Check out the foundling <laughs> So just like totally revealed the title Which did sort of indicate That it was going to get back to The ways of Mandalore probably yeah. Grogu. And then I believe Hal Hickel tweeted like w- one of the great effects of uh, people that we got to meet in the behind the scenes things. tweeted out something like, yeah, looking forward to this one. Hashtag Grogu. So I was like,
4: all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right.
2: I normally get out my various action figures uh, mm-hmm. to sit and watch with me. So uh, I got out a Grogu. Mm-hmm. I got out in Ahsoka just in case she showed up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. In a little whiskey, but mostly, mostly a couple Grogu's. Uh, and it was really excited to watch. And then uh, I tried to keep my reactions somewhat quiet because my wife usually goes to bed and, and doesn't uh, watch with me until the next day. Uh, and I just forgot. and when Grogu won the tournament, uh, I applauded, and I didn't. I didn't. My brain didn't tell my hand to do it. You know, I. It was one of those like, oh, I'm, it's after midnight, alone in my home, and I'm uh, <laughs> applauding.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: because it just came out of me organically
3: yeah yeah i love that feeling i love that no i glad we're in the same spot we started in the, in the same spot and ended in a good spot <laughs> exactly so uh
2: obviously uh, i think it's uh, clear that i enjoyed the episode a lot what was your overall reaction do you love it did you just like it was there a part of, of it that you struggled with at all
3: where'd you uh, go well you know what's funny all three <laughs> to to explain love it and we are going to talk about keller and beck we don't want to bury the lead we're going to get to it but there's so much to that both in the story and and around the story just Star was fandom Mm -hmm. obviously we're we're gonna get to that breaking it down we're gonna go beat by beat because man i think we all had similar reactions but so i love that and then i like what was going on but i i I, I was struggling up to that point of just not that the what's the show doing what's the show about but just like okay i'm historically i don't i I shouldn't even you know own this I, i i haven't been a big fan of Mandos or Mandalorians as, as a Star Wars fan, right? Like, going back, we're talking Legends. I love the Clone War stuff. I love the characters. Satine, uh, Bo-Katan, uh, uh, Prime Minister, Omega, oh Corky even. Like, I love all that stuff. But <laughs> it's not like a, a, a top five uh, oh, I'm thinking of Star Wars, I'm going to think about going to Mandalore, right? It just hasn't been for a long time. So, some, so when it was started uh, on what I'm calling Dinosaur Attack River, uh, and they're there, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. You know, I wanted to go other spots, but we're here uh, we we had i knew grogu was going to be featured heavily rosario dodson had tweeted something out dave Filoni's co-writing i'm like oh we're I, oh i thought sabine and ahsoka were going to show up with a picnic basket there's something <laughs> my mind is in that spot so all three of those things love it like it struggle we're, we're kind of in my head until until the, the color and stuff but then it, revisiting the episode this is such a beautiful episode mm-hmm. and it was so well and, and you got carl weathers directing this and he's so, he's proven he's so good with action as he should be. He's action Jackson people. Uh, <laughs> he knows that stuff. And, and it just, uh, I really love this episode. It's a sweet, sweet poem about uh, so many wonderful things about foundlings and generationals uh, change and, 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 and teaching and mentoring and protecting. Oh, it's so beautiful.
2: Yeah. It, it was just a beautiful episode that had me from the beginning, the Keller and Beck reveal what it means for uh, the use of the character Keller and Beck, the getting into the uh, real life history of Ahmed Best, which we will talk about. That that stuff was powerful and moving and I think dovetailed well with the ideas in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just it, from deep analytical levels to just what do I want to feel when I watch a Star War <laughs> mm-hmm. as a fan? it just fired on every cylinder for me. The first note I wrote down was just hot damn, <laughs> hot damn. That this is one of my favorite episodes of the Mandalorian.
1: And yeah, I think it's
2: yeah. because it combines so many things that I love in star Wars. I love the high fantasy, uh, the kind of mix of fantasy and pulp where you can't ignore that side of star Wars. You can't ignore that it is mythic ideas mashed up with that monster's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is in the beating heart of Star Wars. I, I love things like Andor. I love last week's episodes that that got a little bit more into the political realities and in that side of Star Wars. But I think I'll always be drawn to that. Like, wow, I can't believe I'm, what I'm seeing on screen, high fantasy pulpy stuff. So it was a mix of that. And then just so much great character development and, emotion i I felt multiple different emotions uh it was rewarding as a star wars fan to see something that was building on existing lore and stories both outside of you know this show the mandalorian lots of things that i was you know tapping into uh from (laughs) chai demple challenge to the prequels to all this lore but the the by we're in season three Season three point five, if you count uh, Book of Boba Fett as part of the Mandoverse, which I do, and the show is so building on its own lore. We've now got to the to the point where this episode is building on Revenge of the Sith with with uh, Grogu's experiences, but it's also building like hugely on scenes from Chapter Three, The Sin
1: mm-hmm. here
2: here in Chapter Twenty. So the Mandalorian is feeding off of its own lore. In a good way, and I know sometimes yeah. people say that as a criticism of it. Now, Star Wars mm-hmm. is talking to itself, but to me, it's like this story is becoming epic; it is growing, and and characters are going vast, far different, different places from where they started. Um, mm. So, so that was a part of it too—a feeling like just drenched in lore in a good way.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, also, uh, one of the things that that I would say makes it my favorite episode of The Mandalorian is. We've both talked about how John Favreau has a, a very specific style, sometimes kind of slice mm-hmm. of life, everything from swingers to uh, uh, <laughs> this is just what Boba Fett thinks about in the bath. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. This yeah. is
2: how uh, young people in L.A. celebrated Frank Sinatra's birthday in 1996. It's just slice mm-hmm. of life, man. Yeah, um, yeah. It, And I always do like that style, but sometimes there is a little, like, how do you balance the forward movement with that? Yeah. This episode, I thought, was a perfect mix of adventure of the week Mm. with huge amounts of forward movement it didn't just hint at ideas it got into the heart of let's look at what the way is of the children of the watch let's draw comparisons between the jedi and the mandalorians let's really make choices and really move forward i felt that in this episode
3: uh very much so very much so i i think once it picks up and goes um uh, it's it, it's it's smooth and and i like what you're saying about how you know it's connecting to its own stuff it's 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 a reminder of time uh, time moving so fast uh this is this wonderful mando world and and it should inform uh the episodes and the in the direction of the show and, I, and I, I think i love that and 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 i think this this is one of those episodes where it just was like they they're very clearly saying obviously we talked about it the last couple weeks but this is, this is not just Den and Grogu's journey anymore. And 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 we're exploring so many other aspects of, of what we've already learned so far. So I'm with you on that. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, and I, I think one of the things that it's exploring so well in building on is ideas of change. And this episode sort of focused on the growth and evolution of children <laughs> and their relationship with parents. So it was still an idea of of change. Uh, that's been running through this season, and and amazing for us to see Din in a. This is a completely different Din, right? Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've seen Din where I mean he has he has a side quest, yeah. <laughs> uh, Of rescue the kid, but he's just where he wants to be, doing what he wants to do. Yeah. that's exciting all by itself. Of seeing Din in this place in this time.
3: This will sound like a, a criticism. It's not. It's definitely you could you could tweet it out and, and get some rage clicks. I, I, I for a second forgot Den was on the mission, right? And <laughs> I really mean that in a good way. To, in what you're talking about, he's he's just he's. I like where he is, and and I like where where I think he likes where he is right now. And there's still big mm-hmm. answers, to big questions. That's Dark Dark Saber's probably still hanging on his belt, whatever else, you know. But but even the moments with Grogu, and he's he is proud of him, all, it. All I really like that. It was kind of like a a just reward. It, life's been tough. I'm glad you're here, Den. Doing the right thing. This is the way. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, he has a lot of challenges uh, upcoming yeah. with that. Darksaber and Gideon's still out there, and I think there's still the possibility that maybe there's going to be some parts of the way that aren't going to work for Grogu or mm-hmm. Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. He's got plenty of challenges coming, but it is fun to see him in this point of stasis. He is not the character who is going through change or
4: mm-hmm. challenge
2: this episode. I mean, he is, he but, is. Yeah. Not, but the focus isn't there, and for me, that's just fine.
3: Yeah, no, I... But yeah, the, I really love what they're doing with Bo Katan. I really do. In a way, I wasn't uh, expecting, you know, coming yeah. in.
2: Well, I'm excited to, to hear your Bo Katan thoughts, your Keller and Beck thoughts, your theme thoughts. So let's get into the big ideas of uh, what's at stake in this episode. How did you break down some of the ideas? What impacted you?
3: I, I start with the 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 big, uh, when I consider the thesis statement, you, were, you said something too, I definitely think is, is very important about what is the way, right? It's mm-hmm. a big kind of question i quite frankly i think that's the season right um mm-hmm. but i it's it's keller back saying everything's going to be all right kid that's the theme to me this is this is a and a, a title of the family and i'm going to steal a little bit of our discussion section about the title i'm going to put it here here <laughs> I, I asked myself you know what is that based on on, on your format joseph I was like okay go cool, yeah what does the family mean it's like it's it, it, that means being found means being protected, being trained and taught, uh, uh, being part of something bigger. And that's not just Grogu. That's a lot of these characters, a lot of what's happening here, and all centered around this great heroic moment. But it's the character, Keller and Beck, in the right place at the right time. Uh, We'll get into some of it, and some of it is a little meta. Some of it is about who Ahmed is or the character of Jar Jar and some of the stuff you and I have talked about Jar Jar before. But just what it means for the next generation, for the kids and what you and I feel about uh, our generation that tried to stamp out the flames of fire, uh, the fire of Star Wars in 99. Um, and and now, you know, how that keeps going. And, and the generational, it's not just generational change. We always talk about that. But um, the shepherding of the next generation and how that's important and how how you move forward with them and how you protect them, but also prepare them. Like It was such a beautiful episode, but all tying to me to that line from, from Kellerman Beck, everything's going to be all right, kid.
2: Mm, mm. No, I love this thought, and I love highlighting that line. Uh, in terms of the title stuff, yeah, we can just yeah. move some of our, our chatter here. Um, <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: I love the episodes where the title makes perfect sense, but it is still also open for interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the foundling specifically could refer to Grogu. It could refer to Ragnar, a mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> brutally kidnapped child. Um, <laughs> it could refer to the raptor babies, right? Yeah. Um, it Arguably, uh, Bo-Katan. She's 50-something, yeah. yeah, uh, I, expect- I believe, yeah. uh, but she is, in, in a way, a foundling. She has lost everybody everybody is everybody in her in, in her immediate family is dead uh the yeah. corky mystery remains she claims uh, <laughs> that she's the last of her line maybe corky's out there surviving um yeah. mm-hmm. maybe when she gets more armor she'll flash back to the trauma of losing corky i hope so <laughs> hope so but um, i don't want to talk more about this but i also i think that's one of the great things the episode's playing with mm-hmm. uh with mm-hmm. Katan of is is she the leader Is she is she a parent figure? Is she a child? Is she both? How is that going to sit with her? Uh, Mm -hmm. So the idea of the foundling, I think, even extends to her. And of course, I think ultimately for me, the title is exactly what you're saying. It's inviting us to think about what does that mean? What's important about the idea of a foundling and how do all these different characters fit into the idea of what a Mm -hmm. foundling is?
3: Yeah, well said indeed. And I and I, I would, you know, it, again, yeah, foundling goes a lot of different spots, just like um, last week's title uh, probably meant more about the New Republic at times than Dr. Pershing. But it <laughs> meant all of it. I really, really think so much of this applies to Bocatan. I love that you pointed out Corky, Corky <laughs> out there somewhere, maybe, maybe. Um, really, she she's an orphan in this world, uh, including the fact that even her own people, the ones that she was leading around, have, have left her. Cosca Reeves, you turned your back on her. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, you've turned your back on her. She, she is an orphan and, and she has been found and she's growing into her station, her true station. And, and, and you talk about change hers right now. I, and I don't know where this ends. And I, I love every week kind of trying to predict it. I, I, I don't quite know. Um, but it, hers is a story of ongoing growth that often sometimes our growth continues beyond the plateaus that you reach, that you that you think you've climbed that mountain and you're here. Right. Mm-hmm. She I, oh, I have the dark saber now. I'm carrying on the legacy of my sister. Ain't this great? Ain't this grand? Oh no. That's just the next step. And that's life. And, and, and that's that continues. So we are all foundlings, right? We're all 12 year olds facing the world over and over again. Uh and I think so much this episode was was obviously about her. Focus on her, the end beat with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would absolutely call her a foundling.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so glad that that you're looking at it that way as well. And and I love what you're saying. It we've got a lot lately of wonderful midlife to later in life crisis
4: <laughs> in Star
2: Wars. And I think it is <laughs> the, the, uh you know, the original trilogy, Anakin's fall in the prequel trilogy, uh arguably there's a lot going on in the sequel trilogy, but, trilogy, but arguably, you know, Ray's journey mm-hmm. can all be about taking those steps into adulthood. Right. Yeah. And then the, there are these figures like Bo-Katan where she completed those, those, you know, steps, right. She, mm-hmm. she resisted the call to be a good leader. And she, fell in with the death watch and she made a change and did everything right. And life still didn't work out.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as a middle person, right, the power of, hey, I did everything right. And there are still problems. <laughs> but it means it's not just as simple as those, those yeah. you know, foundational lessons. Those foundational lessons are needed. But, mm-hmm. but now I got to reexamine them and I got to go through the path again
3: is, yeah. is powerful. Very powerful. I mean, let me check my personal YouTube subscription numbers. Oh, no, there's... I did everything I needed. <laughs> it's still not there. But th- this is spiritually uh, connected. It's, it's The circumstances are different and, and the beats are different, but it, it's spiritually connected to Luke and Octel. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's this big lesson and, and and why Star Wars needs to have that stuff as it grows older, approaching 50 years before you even know it. That's scary. Mm. Um, as it grows older, it, you know, it, it has to speak to all the fans, and I think it's very important to uh, her on that chair. There's been great TikToks of you know, it was at bargain basement, uh, Bo-Katan or whatever? Is that great stuff on TikTok? But the video of her sitting there and leg up and bummed and and, and quite frankly pissed off. Uh, I think has a lot of this, a lot of what you're saying. I, I did everything. I took that sword. I took it, but I'm still here. And I am, I am as uh, <laughs> as if I was born anew. I don't know where to go. And and I love following her on this journey. Yeah,
2: I believed, I fought, I brought people together, I told them it could happen, it didn't, they left me. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and I was uh, I was a uh, sweatpants uh, Bo-Katan on my couch yeah, for a little bit yesterday. Uh, That's bo uh, name,
3: yes, good, good, good
2: memory. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. so I want to get back to this bigger idea because Bo-Katan definitely plays a part of it, of mm-hmm. uh, of what you're talking about. I, I thought that the episode showed us... Um, a lot of different beliefs of the children of the watch. We're going to break each individual thing down in, in canon. Cause they said a lot of what <laughs> the oh, creed yeah. is, but they made this really big argument uh, about one of the biggest things. Uh, the armor says you have done the highest honor of the creed, saving a foundling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're shown some uh, beliefs. I think that that would make us uh, sympathetic to the, children of the watch and invite us to ask what is strong about the community what gives them unity and strength but also hints about what makes their culture potentially cold and isolating Mm -hmm. um and to focus on what what makes them strong and what what Mm -hmm. gives them unity and strength is this whole parent-child bond this wonderful thing that's celebrated in like every beat of this episode right um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we start with uh din's pride and encouragement of grogu right if 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 din and you know uh, other roles that pedro pascal is playing like in last of us has kind of put this focus on him uh as this Mm. (laughs) awesome uh father figure wow you know Mm -hmm. your dad being so proud he wants you to show off (laughs) (laughs) amazing right um uh, we we see this father son uh, father child connection and pause's Paz feels this desperation to save his son. We've almost only ever seen Paz uh, be angry and mm-hmm. kind of big heavy infantry baby stompy <laughs> <Yeah. So jealous. laughs> about the way jealous of Din. And this was desperation. He's my son, right? Mm-hmm. It was beyond the way. It, it was personal, you know. And yeah. I, the way he is personal, right? But they see yeah. him exp- uh, uh, um, express it. Yeah. Um, then, of course, we have Kelleran's defense of Grogu, which isn't the uh, the children of the Watch, but it is drawing, inviting us to connect some of their beliefs and philosophy to the way of the Jedi and mm-hmm. seeing that Kelleran's role, and we'll, we'll discuss his history mm-hmm. uh, in in canon adjacent as somebody who is attached to younglings yeah. um, but but seeing that it's not just a random flashback it is a time of a parent figure protecting a, a child figure mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. all the way down to treating you know the orphaned raptors <laughs> yep. as foundlings of like hey some vicious stuff happened but they're they're orphans too so um, mm-hmm. we're going to take care of them and probably ride them let's be honest let's be. they're going to ride them yeah <laughs>
4: That's
2: <laughs> so it's just like, I, I know some of this stuff is obvious, but I, I just like saying it out loud because it's, it's, it's every beat, it's every moment reinforcing this idea and then inviting you to, to me, ask questions about
3: it. Um, yeah. And the questions are important and, and I don't mean to be snarky, but you, you go out there on Twitter and you see some, some folks whose job it is to cover media who, who, who stop at the questions as if they're upset at the questions. Well, what's this about?
4: <laughs>
3: watch, watch, dig in the show's inviting you in from the beginning the opening shots uh, of, of of all these Mandos training uh, which is funny because I, I sometimes have little issues with group training scenes because of some of the people in the background like when you go to the Night's Watch and Game of Thrones and there's a bunch of extras training, sword fighting and it's, it looks horrible, it's one of my pet peeves in, in entertainment, so I think I started this episode going, oh man, they better train right, but it just starts right there uh, I don't want to digress too far, but like it just starts Everything about like preparing, preparing all these, all these foundlings, all these apprentices of the mando's, the training, uh, and what that means. Uh, I got some Coach Ken stuff I want to talk about. Like it, it's, it's all there, and and, and I love what you asking. But it does ask these questions. It wants you to. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It is, and it is, it is about legacy. It is about protecting the children now, but teaching them to protect themselves and passing mm-hmm. on the legacy. Um, but there so there's a lot of great stuff in here and then and mm-hmm. and some stuff I question. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things to me in terms of, okay, great. I still think uh, I've got some questions and some problems with children of the watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but to see that they are unified in the protection of children, uh, you know, foundlings above all else, I think one of the, the ways that the show built on its on its own storytelling in a wonderful way is uh, Paz Vizla, um he doesn't seem to like Din. He seems to uh every chance he gets, uh he's he's labeled him a coward in and, and knife, knife fought him. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's labeled him an apostate and knife fought him. I think some of those wounds that Din uh dealt to him when Paz challenged him for the Darksaber probably took a long time to heal, if mm-hmm. ever fully. Um yeah. House Accrees and House Visla have some history, not all of it great, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we've got all of that history, so to see that, like, none of that matters to any of them mm-hmm. in the face of the child being endangered, right? Like, it yeah. seems like Din and Paz probably just really, really deeply don't like each other, <laughs> yeah. is the vibe. But Paz has rescued Din, Din thanked him for it. Now, mm-hmm. Din has rescued Paz's child, and there's that, you know, that deeply felt thank you and it just this yeah. is the way this is the way so mm-hmm. it it to me what it really raised is this idea of like there's even a little bit of tension is like anybody going to get creeped out by grogu being different you know mhm you know mm-hmm. when 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 din tells him like it's okay you can show them who you are what you can do right for me that raises a question like is it <laughs> right. right right are any of them going to have a problem with it and then the episode really you know especially with with the armor being a parent figure to uh Grogu as well. Mm. It really shows that like physically they will do anything to keep Grogu safe. Yeah. But then it starts to raise these emotional questions of but is this the right path for him? Is it emotionally philosophically safe for Grogu? Cuz it's so easy to look at this and go what well, they're heroes. They've got a great code. It's it's mm-hmm. safe kids. Mm-hmm. But there's also the rigidity. There's also that you don't question the authority figures. You don't question the way. It is what it is, period. And that rigidity is dangerous. And you're wondering about, mm-hmm. I'm wondering about where this is going for Grogu. Because it looks great. A part of it looks great right now.
3: A part of it. No, I I, I actually, in, in our notes I put down, uh, you know, I want to uh, talk about the current state of, of Children of the Watch. <laughs> because then I'm glad you got there because um, it, it does make a case for a lot of things. Uh, quite clearly, I think this episode is saying, here, here's a lot of things about it, but I think one of the key moments for me is that you've got, um, you know, a mama pterodactyl dinosaur flying off with, uh, you know, uh, the kid, and, and Paz says, it always gets away. So everything that they're, they're doing that is is to be uh, cherished is to be held up as, as honor and, and, and maybe the right thing. Everything they're doing, they're, they're so stuck in how they do it that this keeps happening, right? They can't get past it. And this, you know, I think leads to a lot of stuff about Bo and, uh, and her leading them forward and, and her place and her her uh, coming to her, her own all over again. Sure. Yes, absolutely. In terms of lore and ticking off uh, plot points. But but I, I just was really affected by that line. It always gets away. So clearly it's not the first time. They're very happy to live on Dinosaur Attack River, which I, I would not be at this point. Uh, <laughs> and, and just to be spoke of, of some of the limitations of what uh, what's going on there.
2: It did take uh, people who are uh, are currently children of the watch, both Din and Bo. But it did take somebody, uh, people kind of coming from the outside and adding something more and handling it in a different way. Uh, so far, to get the children of the watch through both of the dinosaur attacks that we've seen, apparently there are many. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we haven't seen the uh, the the stegosaurus that's uh, lurking in the cave that tries to eat the armor every other day. But I'm looking forward seeing that one. Uh, I love having fun with this. Um yeah, I want to talk about Bo a little bit as we're we're talking about the this what is good and, and maybe what is challenging about this wonderful parent child bond that is so important to the children of the watch is I feel like Bo in this episode is trapped between her roles as a paternal or not paternal, as a, a parent figure, a maternal figure. And is a childlike figure. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really stepping into that, you know, just awesome aunt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maternal figure toward Grogu, right? The way that she just naturally swoops. She's just kind of watching, taking it all in, right? Yeah. As soon as Grogu is in place, she she swoops in and she's on one side, you know, like
3: the night owl, yeah,
2: right, like the night owl, right, and in mm-hmm. the way that she that that Din is. Try, Din's got his, like, his, his, I'm a, I'm a dad now helmet on, which is just <laughs> mm. tell Grogu, Grogu stuff, right? Yeah. And, and Bo Katan's <laughs> the one who leans in and kind of tells uh, Grogu what he needs to hear. To be fair, Din, Din does that too at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, yeah. but when she leans in and says, don't worry, my dad was the same way. He's just proud of you, you know, letting mm-hmm. Grogu understand. It's a, that's a incredibly uh, paternal, uh, parent moment mm-hmm. uh, for, for Bo-Katan. and then there's that really that stepping up, jumping in the ship without anybody asking, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. leadership skills that she marches up to the armor and tells the armor what needs to be done, and the armor is like, "Cool, great, he got go for it. It. <laughs> it," right? And and Bo-Katan leads the party, right? Mm. She makes mm-hmm. the plan. She's the leader. Yeah, uh, but then within that, there's also these moments of sort of being. Uh, infantilized is, is a big word for it. Uh, maybe a little bit of an intense word, but mm. you know, there, clearly the children of the watch has some relationship with death watch, clearly some different rules like the helmet. It seems like death watch followed the parts of the old ways that they liked <laughs> <laughs> and children of the watch is just like, we're following everything.
3: is uh, like, we can eat in the car. Everyone take your helmets off. We're good.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but that, uh, this kind of place she's trapped in was like uh, really powerful to me of like uh, when she has to lean over to Den and go how the hell do we eat without breaking the, you know the creed mm-hmm. Um and and the answer is um kind of upsetting in, in a way because there's so much in this episode that's been about we come together for the children we work together you know we save one another this is the way but what an isolating way to eat like Mm -hmm, food mm -hmm. dining together a campfire the day before battle these are all signifiers of community and instead Mm -hmm. this creed forces isolation so Mm -hmm. she asks a rule she doesn't know she's isolated and then she's told that that isolation and that paranoia of looking over my shoulder while i eat because what if somebody sees me with my helmet off (laughs) she's (laughs) told that that's an honor You are the leader of the war party. You have the honor of staying by the fire. Yeah. You know, so I think that there's tension there in in the parent role versus the child role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's really driven home at the end where uh, great performance by Katie Sackhoff, Mm -hmm. where I think she allows herself to be childlike, to reach out to the armorer, Mm-hmm. as a parent figure right like the armor really is like um i was gonna say uh, i gave you this much rope but she literally gave them rope so it's a it's a joke <laughs> um she literally gave them longer rope but like Bokatan's, like i here's my plan i want to do it and the armor's like mm-hmm. sure and then when she comes back she's like the armor reclaims that position of authority by saying you did a good job and you deserve uh mm-hmm. this new armor
4: mm-hmm. and i think
2: for all of us who we, we want to be independent we want to make our own path but then sometimes when when somebody wants to swoop in and become a parent it's it's warm and comforting mm-hmm. and sometimes depending on what the motivations of the person are there's this danger in saying i'm gonna let myself fall back into this passive childlike role you know mm-hmm. and i feel like Bo Katan is kind of in that place of vulnerability where it's like this feels great i did mm-hmm. something it was right the authority figure told me it was right. And now the authority figure is going to reward me. So I'm going to ask if it's okay that I have the mythosaur on my armor. And then I'm going to have the most vulnerable thing possible. I'm going to ask them to believe I saw something. Yeah. And I think this is where it really gets into like, okay, the episode is still inviting us to go, Hey, some great things about children to watch, but what else is going on? Yeah. Because it feels like, she, to me, like, bo takes this, this huge leap of, of faith, of, like, is it okay for me to put a little bit of faith in this authority figure who's very rigid and controlling? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she's entirely rewarded when the armor just won't have a conversation with her. The armor is absolutely sticking to, well, when you choose to walk the way of the Mandalore, you will see many things. Bo-Katan mm-hmm. says, but it was real. This is the way that is a cutting off of conversation to me yeah so anyway I wanted to get through kind of those thoughts and and get your take
3: i i, I love that you, you you went all the way to that moment that 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 is um i love that ending this what i love the stuff they do with Bo-Katan because it's not clear it's still a journey uh the leap of faith you said a uh, big trust moment right it wasn't a mm-hmm. i saw it's like a, hey what if i told you because i katans still not sure about it and i took that this is the way Um, as dismissive for me, very dismissive, very, like you said, end the conversation, not, but not maybe entirely cold only because that is their way. That is her way. And, and it um, also, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't because the conversation ended. We don't get to see any kind of power play. We don't get to see kind of an exchange of ideas, questions, theories, everything. It is like, as you say, Bo-Katan is now cast, uh, almost second tier in this at this particular time, even though she is being rewarded. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wants to get a little love, right? I did good, mm-hmm. I did my new pauldron. Um So yeah, yeah. That's one of those. So it ends with questions for me, and and why that that we don't have answers yet, and why I love what this episode did more, f- further the the, the katan character. This is tr- I, I truly think it's a co star season, right? I truly mm-hmm. think this is a play that this is a, this show is asking about what is the way. And what is the way to be in Mandalorian and what that means for all of us and what that means in this era. That's the stuff that hangs over it more than, uh, you know, notice there was no Palpatine Palpatine test uh, clone tubes this week. Um,
4: <laughs> you know, I thought it was
3: very important. And, and I don't have all those answers at the end. It, it was played, you are right, played very well. Magic, wonder, frustration, you know. But, I, but no, I saw it. <laughs> That's cute. This is the way.
2: Yeah. And, and I, I don't think that it's necessarily, I think it's open-ended whether Armour believed her or not, and I'm sure people yeah. listening have lots of different interpretations. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like from Bo-Katan's side, she wants to have a conversation. Bo-Katan is somebody who has believed in pouring a meaning into symbols, right? She mm-hmm. has believed in the power of some of the old ways when she was with Death Watch. She has believed in the the power of wielding the Darksaber. She believed in the in the power of getting it back and going to Mandalore and, and proving that the, the world wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. And then she was had that, you know, knocked out from under her uh, when she couldn't get the dark saber and nobody would follow her. And she's kind of retreated back to like, but, but there are practical things to consider. Symbols are great, but, but let's deal mm-hmm. with the real world as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, of yeah. The, the living waters are, they're, they're meaningful, but part of their meaning is we, that's literally where we got the armor we're wearing. Like it's, yeah functional you you can see it (laughs) it's real you can touch it it's tactile it's real um and i feel like bo katan is desperate to have a conversation with the armor and understand what the armor thinks about the possibility that the mythosaur is real what it might mean to the culture by discussing the real thing
4: yeah Yeah.
2: the armor is 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 saying i will only discuss the mythosaur with you on the level of metaphor it is Mm -hmm. a noble vision when you choose to walk the way of the Mandalore, you will see many
4: things.
2: (laughs) It's, uh, I think it's not gaslighting. I think that's too far, but it's, it's really like a, you know, to me, it it felt maddening like when you're a little kid and you you're not even a little kid, maybe even more like, you know, uh, getting into tweens and you want to understand something more, and what you really need is the truth. And your parents aren't ready to move beyond metaphor, right?
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, like uh, th- th- I, this is a little jokey, but like I think you know, w- if you're truly really ready, like I- I'm hearing things at school. I want to understand where babies come from. And your parents are still like, when a man and a woman love one another very much, you know, the, the next glass. generation is th- their their love is manifesting. Like, great, great, cool. I want to bleep and know where <laughs> what goes where. What are the rules? Mm-hmm. Am I nuts? I'm feeling these things. Can you help me? And the parent isn't there yet to help yeah. them with the the
3: facts. I, that's fascinating. You bring that up. Um in the armor in, in an episode that I, I I truly you know think is is very much about everything's going to be all right, kid. It ends with this beat of uh, I don't know, kid. I'm not going to tell you. It's like kind of like that's nice you know it's uh it's it's princess Bride <laughs> that's nice that that sounds like fun like it it's uh it's fascinating to me it also it it can get also meta it feels like to me when you're like man I watched this episode of Star Wars and it spoke to me because this is these are the themes and someone goes oh that's funny you think these silly stories um have meaning you can take it to be what you want uh it's just i don't know uh it, i love I love what you're saying about this moment yeah so many questions it, about the armor. Yeah, and, and yeah, like
2: like I said, I, I think a lot of people have different takes. I'm not sure exa- if, if the armor is still just weighing um, her her thoughts on it. If she really is being so rigid that she doesn't believe she did, she talked to Din in the Book of Fett yeah, episode about you know it said that that a mythosaur will rise, but is the armor secretly like under that helmet? Is she secretly like? Yeah, none of this stuff is is true, but they need to believe it. <laughs> like, no, I, know. I, I th- you know, we don't know yet. Is she is she like the 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 motivational speaker who goes out on stage like do this, do that, and then they just go behind the curtain and just like it's all BS and start weeping? Like, <laughs> but I gotta say it in, for them to stay with me. You know,
4: the armor behind
3: the curtain. Well, no, I love that. This is just uh, speculation more than even just the themes and stuff. But it's just like. You know, she does tell Din that she believes it. If oh, if you see, if you see the Mythosaur, that's a sign that you might be the leader. You might re- you reunite Mandela. And here you got someone going, hey, so, you know, I, I just uh, saved some people in your uh, covert and I kind of united some folks in a way. Uh, I think I saw the Mythosaur. Is the armor going, oh, that's nice. And then next week we're going to have her with the mask off, smoking a cigarette, going, oh, bleep. Oh, God, she might be it. <laughs> um, no, that uh, might be, oh, I th- I'm going to lose my power. <laughs> yeah. And she blames
2: the The Kree's sisters, the Kree's family, for the destruction of Mandalore. For the
3: destruction. Yeah,
2: she thinks it's their fault. She told uh, did that directly in her Wikipedia summary of the history of the Clone Wars and Rebels animated series. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think there's there's some great stuff, some beautiful stuff with with the absolute need to protect and train uh, the next generation. But there's still some questionable stuff in the authoritarian. You cannot question
3: um mm-hmm. vision uh, uh, that the armor might be. Yeah, no, I really agree with you there. I I was so curious about um you know, at the end of this episode of just, you know, it, it makes some cases, but it's not the end of the of the trial. Yeah. The other
2: thing I wanted to talk about in terms of analyzing the Children of the Watch and the way is this uh idea that really resonated with me uh when I did my rewatch of the Mandalorian book of Boba Fett up to this in the first season, in chapter three, The Sin, the armorer tells Din, when one chooses to walk the way of Mandalore, you are both hunter and prey. Mm. And I think, you know, in in all the excitement of everything going on in those early seasons, like, I think that I think I heard that because I, I got the point that, like, yeah. you get new armor, you go out, you go, you're a bounty hunter, you go out and you hunt. I'm going to give you really shiny armor that's going to put a target on your back everywhere you go. Like right away, we get one of my favorite scenes of him walking into the cantina and (laughs) grief Mm -hmm. yelling. They all hate you, Mando. Um, So it resonated with me about that immediate moment. But it's also one of those lines that's at risk of sort of disappearing because it just sounds cool, right? Like awesome. Mandalorians are both hunter and prey. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But if that line was ringing in my ears from the beginning of this episode uh, of really, what is that philosophy? And I think if the walking the way of Mandalore is both hunter and prey, it means that the children of the Watch are accepting, believing, embracing that they are part of nature's deadly cycle. Mm. Uh, but by taking that into a community, right? Where they're sentient beings and they can choose you know animals don't get to choose right Mm. (laughs) uh they're part of nature's deadly cycle that's just it right yeah but the mandalorians can choose and they are potentially uh by by saying we're both hunter and prey potentially investing in a view of all interactions that is kill or be killed Mm -hmm. that Mm is might makes right and just as much as every part of this episode is imbued with the, the wonderful taking care of children, it's also imbued with the idea of, of hunter and prey, right? We, we start with training rituals, which you can absolutely view as you're helping the next generation. But you're you're also sparring with one another. Mm. And it's not, hey, you both did great. You both have the skills to live now. It's there's a clear winner and a loser and there's a judge who announces it in front of everybody you know right <laughs> um and to me arguably grogu's surprise defeat of uh cocky young regnar mm. isolates him right he's to me there's a little bit of like um mm-hmm. he, he walks away shocked and shamed right even mm. his dad is back there going uh, quoting that line about you know you don't don't speak unless you know mm-hmm. um he is declared the loser and it isolates him. He walks away and it makes him vulnerable. That's, that's, he's the one who gets grabbed. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then everything in, in the episode is pretty straightforward of, you know, the Raptor turns Ragnar who's, who's, you know, Mm -hmm. training to be a hunter into prey. Then the Mandalorians have to hunt the Raptor. The Raptor intends to feed her young with Ragnar. So he's just part of the cycle Mm -hmm. of Hunter and prey, the natural uh, world uh, and then, of course, the the resolution of it of the raptor being eaten by the you know there's always a larger predator uh, mm. thanks Qui Gon being eaten oh. by the the space alligator, um, and then I guess uh, there, there's also a little bit of a, the cycle of them not leaving uh, the the hatchlings uh, to mm. be prey (laughs) but taking them in but all all these cycles of hunter and prey that are going on in the episode some of them are just the mandalorians casting themselves as part of the natural world just as the uh river dinosaur eats the air dinosaur Mm -hmm. so too will we be killed will eat or be eaten that's the way it is i want to ask you how you feel about that philosophy in a community is choosing to replicate the most vicious part of the natural world, the best choice for sentient beings.
3: No, I think it deserves a a, a deeper dive. And I I think you've uh, really cracked open an interesting part of it because it's clearly what is shown there with, with with Ragnar. I always wrote down Paz junior. So I apologize to (laughs)
4: young
3: young, uh, nephew of Jimmy Kimmel. I think I said son previously, nephew Jimmy Kimmel. Um, yeah, because that's literally what happens, right? And I, by the, by the way, it it does sound jokey, but like, does the armor? Is this what she says to them at the every time one of their younglings is or foundlings are, are taken off and eaten? Like, well, we're hunter or prey. That's why we're on Dinosaur Attack River. Sorry, kids, this is life. Uh, and, and so, in an episode yeah. that's about, yeah, that's that's about uh, protecting it, and and growing the future, which is something so strong to them. Um, again, again, it always gets away. I go back to pause. Uh, I, I do think it has a downside. I do think there's a comment on it. Yeah, is yeah. this is this a victory for everyone,
2: or is this? I mean, in some ways, yes, because it, the the community came together. Everyone, regardless of interpersonal yeah. conflict, came together because this is the way we protect mm-hmm. foundlings. So that's fist pumping. But yeah, 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 the other children have been snatched up, and are those uh, parents' failures compared to Bo-Katan? You know the the way that. Our, that I'm glad that you highlighted that Paz line of like, of the it did this is they keep it keeps happening this way, you know? Yeah, and we, and we try to approach them and they they eat the kid. Um, uh, well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> and it, it is Bo who's like, uh, the I ship. get my bleeping ship, and yeah, so does that cast her in, in this philosophy? Does this cast her as great? The covert has won, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. as a whole because they have fulfilled their creed, but. Is is there any part of Pazviza who's he, he he's stewing in bitterness that these outsiders are the ones who saved yeah. his child?
0: It Could be,
3: could be. He's probably living in a, in a, in, a, in a world of gratitude right now. But yeah, I, I know. I think this is also yeah. This is I think very much part of it. And I think uh, uh, it does obviously have ramifications uh, for a world. You and I uh, have talked often after after some. I think during the Clone Wars reports you first really were bringing up of of uh, you know when you look at the world of wins and losses. Um, there, there is a dark side to that. There's a danger to that I think you can look at the training, the refiners fire aspect of it. We talked about that very clearly at, at playing this episode. Um, but all is not well, right? All is not. It always gets. It, 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 we're making. It's almost like you want to make fun of it. I'm not making fun of positive Pain in that moment, but it's like, yeah, your jetpacks run out of fuel. You pro, this happens every time. Like analyze it. Stop and
2: analyze it.
3: <laughs> What are you doing
2: about it? Yeah, And I think that's the thing is like, well, what are you doing about it? What plan are you making? Or are you going to me to this rigid, dark place of, well, you know, you, it's on you. You let your child become prey and it was hunted. That's the way of things. Mm-hmm. Why, why weren't you strong enough? Why weren't you fast enough? Why aren't you the better hunter, you know? Yeah, like, and then this, we we don't explicitly hear that because it is the whole community going and making it a priority and rescuing it, but it invites that question of what the hell are what the hell's the conversation after this has happened two times?
3: Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Once uh, you know an accident, uh, twice is a trend, or whatever, whatever statement you want to use. Um, <laughs> third
2: times a buffet for the Raptors. Time,
3: yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, because uh, this also does tie. And by the way, we're, I think you and I both. This is why we love this episode, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I love. Um, you know, there's there's so much. To literally, I literally stood up and celebrated the parts of this episode, and, and I all, but I love what I I would consider a downbeat of an ending in terms of of, of a song. It ends just kind of with the, it trails off, and you're wondering, um, and uh, how this ties to the, the 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 Mandalorian culture and Bo's thoughts, right? That we mm-hmm. just fought each other, we just kept fighting, right? We didn't come mm-hmm. together, we didn't learn, we didn't protect our culture, we didn't te- protect our people, we just kept fighting until one of us lost and then turns out the entire culture lost. I think that's, that's what's in her mind too, as we're analyzing it. And, 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 and again, and again, and I think, I think even as an audience, uh, not what you and I suggesting, but even as an audience, you can be like, every week is a winner or a loss. The children of the watch are winning. That's, it's more than that. It's analyzed. Mm-hmm. In-
2: yeah. And, and I think we still don't have kind of the answers of how much of We saw Death Watch take a philosophy of might makes right, that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mandalorians are strong. And so I I believe there's some pretty straightforward lines uh, from Pre Vizsla in the Clone Wars of like, we should rule because we can literally physically take over communities. And if they want to not be taken over, they should be stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, That's explicitly the philosophy of Death Watch. And right now we just, we get to see the children that Watch try to get by right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in this episode in particular you can almost look at it as like well they're just in rhythm with nature all these other beasts around them are not good or bad they're hunter and prey as they just try to get through life and feed their young right yeah um so so there's a, a temptation to look at it just in physically what the environment the children watch are in now but if everything is might makes right everybody is hunter and prey what happens when you take that philosophy out into the larger galaxy and start interacting with other people right
4: yeah
3: yeah and this is about this 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 i really believe this season there's, there's still a lot of things and yes it is, it is going to start maybe connecting in in minor ways maybe major ways to the bigger star wars story but even some of the comments feloni keeps saying about the, the the you and i and jen talking about big collect Climactic story event is not is more about what's going on in this era for these people and these characters um, than simply Thrawn comes back with some test tubes to to build Palpatine. I'm, I'm joking about that, of course. But the, the, how does Mandalor Mandalorians find themselves in this world at this time, and how do they want to go forward?
2: Hmm. Yeah. And, and and if they can reclaim their culture, reclaim their planet, they're right back to the same choice that is in the Mandalorian civil wars that, that uh, has Satine ascending to the throne mm-hmm. of, do we just need to be strong for ourselves and take care of ourselves? Or is a part of our culture that we are out there taking things from other people? Cause that's who we are.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: is, you know, is this, is this philosophy of the armors just for now to survive or will she want to go out and conquer to prove that they are more hunter than prey?
3: Yeah, end game of of this covert is is something I've thought about a few times. You know, I you know I get why they were hiding out in the beginning. Uh, you know, they felt they had to, and, and then they're scattered it even more. Um, and here they are. Uh, what do you do from here? You just, is this it we just sit on this river and get attacked every other day? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the way of it. Yep.
2: Just, just the, the weak ones, I guess.
4: No, yeah, no. yeah. I,
2: there is, it, 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 I, I'm partially wanted to bring up the challenging parts of the children of the watch. Cause this episode so celebrates um, many oh, yeah. wonderful things, you know, yeah, 100%. Um, in, including, I want to talk a little bit about the, the scene with, with Grogu. Um, Cause I think that was the other big thematic idea that really re- resonated with me, this idea of, of forging yourself. Uh, you brought it up really well of, like from a, positive perspective all of these trials are the elders teaching the young how to defend themselves how to mm-hmm. uh this all the skills and the technology they need uh to face the world um so you can look at it in a positive way uh i felt like the episode did a great job with grogu of kind of reminding us that he is he chose to be with din but he's still in a little bit of stasis, right? He mm. doesn't really want to move forward.
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, he doesn't. Re- he doesn't want to participate. It for at first. At first mm. Dad, Dad makes him, and then you know we're really getting the sense that now it's it is coming to Grogu of like, great, you decided to be with Din, mm. uh, but now you have to choose to be a Mandalorian. And yeah, yeah. a ton of great stuff in this episode, but I love the choice to have uh, the perspective shot of his view of the cavern and the forge as he waddles in and it really makes you feel like he's choosing whether or not he wants to follow this path Mm. um Mm. and then we get into all the actual forging stuff and the great new lines from from the armor but how do you feel about that how do you feel about grogu being shown to be in a little bit of stasis at the beginning of this episode and then being pushed to choose to be a Mandalorian.
3: Yeah, no, that absolutely makes a lot of sense. I think that's even some of the stuff going on with Din. Uh, you know, Grogu to me, is not just simply tossed out to, to sink or swim in this moment. There's just a lot of pride. This isn't Tarkin being sent out to hunt and, and either you get to the top or, or you die, kid, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in that Tarkin novel. A little bit of energy with pause, which I think is, is why you're right to bring up some of the stuff um, with that. But uh yeah, this is about shaping ourselves, refining ourselves, these trials and adversities. I think you do have to lose to to learn, but that doesn't mean you have to do that alone. Um so to see it from Grogu's perspective, to him look at where he started to where he is now, uh the armor is on him. You either going to grow into your station and He's made this big decision, but it's clearly not the end of the journey. And it does begin with him just sitting on the beach wanting to play with crab rocks.
2: <laughs> like Looking away from it all of like, it's it's so yeah. funny. It's almost a Charlie Brown comic strip at the beginning there. Look yeah. at all the kids doing this. And look yeah. at Grogu over here going, eh.
4: <laughs>
3: it's, the, it's the Christmas singing. <laughs> Charlie Brown clip with <laughs> <laughs> Pad on the piano or Schroeder on the piano. Uh, oh, God, that's great. Pig pad dentist. Yeah know exactly what you're talking about um yeah yeah but that, that that's literally you know it's time it's time It's time. And, it's time. And that's definitely what this episode starts with
2: so yeah I, take, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. yeah take take a force leap uh, which is a literal leap of faith show them who you are show them what you can do
3: show them um yeah and, and we're again we're analyzing what is the way is this the way they keep saying the way what's that mean and, and that absolutely needs to apply to grogu so i think you're right
2: yeah, absolutely, and I think there is a like. Okay, well, he's weird, he's different, um, and we're gonna have to get used to that. And but uh, he's accepted, and
3: but he's got to follow the rules, right? Um, yeah, because it don't it's it's definitely no longer Din and Grogu out on the road. It's not the Village road show with those two, and and you get the sense that we talk about Din. This is what I think you and I both saw in Din in these moments. Yes, more to come with that character, more to come with him. Choices, as with all of us, but it, it, Din could. I think he could be like, "This is great, got it. I'm living here." Right, like and, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be part of this, and you're gonna figure out you know you've, you've you've come back to me, it's no longer just us it is it is this group and 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 thats so grogu has that in front of him to choose,
2: yeah, absolutely yeah he, he he has to choose and i I like that he's also pushed in by the armor of saying, you know, hey, your dad's given you some gifts, you know i I made that little chain mail for you, and that's fine, but now you have to be an active participant in your journey, right um. Yeah the great forging scene in her quote of just as we shape the Mandalorian steel, uh, we shape ourselves. Uh, and you know, the, the forge can reveal, uh, weaknesses. Um, this is the other thing where I thought like this is beauty building so beautifully on the lore and the visual language of the show, the Mandalorian. Uh, mm-hmm. this is Grogu following in his father's footsteps. And it was another thing that really affected me on, the rewatch uh, of the Mandalorian is when we first saw the, the, the various scenes and in the first season where the armor is hammering and he is mm. flashing mm. back to his childhood, mm. you know, um, I think it felt meaningful. I think we, we were eager to know his backstory. We were talking about his backstory. I think we even had fun. Uh, and, and we, I mean, the entire Star Wars community had fun, Uh, you know making fun of the you know the trauma hammer like Mm -hmm. (laughs) when when a doorbell rings (laughs) does he flash back to his trauma right (laughs) when i watched it again it it felt like this is a conscious choice this is the ritual you're not sent out of the room while the armor makes your armor this is the way you sit there and you think about what made you you and you Mm -hmm. think about why you wear this armor, and you think about what you want this armor to mean, you sit there and you think about it. Uh, The armor doesn't say that specifically to Din, but in retrospect, that's exactly what's going on. Particularly Mm -hmm. vital in Chapter 3, The Sin, because he's not just having a random flashback to his origin story for the benefit of the audience. He is thinking through, Din is thinking through what is most important to him about being a Mandalorian, that they are saviors. They are strength. uh, That when a foundling, an orphan in trouble looks up, they are not death, they are salvation. Mm. And I think it's a big part of his decision to go back for Grogu. You know, the the control knob is what tips him over. But he's sitting there doing what he's supposed to do, in my opinion, in the ritual. Think about what made him who he is and who he wants to be. And that's a huge part of what makes him go after Grogu. So now Grogu is doing this exact same thing. He seems to understand what the armor says of like you sit there and think through your trauma, think through what forged you. And is it still a weakness or are you, can you make what has
3: happened to you into a strength? Yeah. Uh, that's a real key thing. The forge can reveal weakness. Uh, I really love this because it, um, Beyond just, you know, some of our way we love to discuss and, and analyze the breakdown Star Wars is, is is asking why the scenes. And, and I remember I was in a control booth of a show and there was a pundit on the show who was pressing buttons for who was reviewing that second uh, time we saw Din go back. And they were like, why do we have to see this again? We get it. Uh, he has memories. And I just remember I wanted to jump out of the booth are like ask him, why why it's so <laughs> purposeful and, and I think you're right at the time it might it's easy just to go well you know you know that's it, it definitely it is a tool for the audience to know a little bit more about mm-hmm. it, but but not necessarily for the character and th- I had the exact same thought sit down i'm going to make this and think about it the forge can reveal weakness what is your weakness go back to that moment and 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 Grogu understands these words, right? He's he's Gugu and Gaga and with his way through life, but he hears it all. <laughs> he understands. Squeeze your wrists, and you can fire the darts. Um, you know, uh, he's fifty one now. For God's sake,s <laughs> 52, 53, we don't, <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> before I, before we don't know. Forever will answer that. But I absolutely think this confirms that for me. That was absolutely thought I had of. Um, yeah, this is this is the process because again, it goes to even even more. We've seen the armor. Uh, this season of, of of uh the forging of the helmet and forging of something so sci-fi and so tech uh, uh heavy uh, the Mandalorian armor, right? It mm-hmm. is uh, it's an Iron Man suit and Star Wars, all that kind of stuff, and, and to see that it's so spiritual, which makes mm-hmm. sense. I'm not surprised by that, but to see it analyzed and, and explored in that way, this is absolutely absolutely is 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 uh um open up the calm tab and press the meditation section and think about it while I do this
2: <laughs> yep uh, I love how much we're getting to see all of the making of the the armor because I we, we joked about it and talked about it I love that it's mythic spiritual armor with a touch of radio shack as she works on all the circuitry <laughs> it's so great mythic spiritual radio shack uh ah, mm-hmm. love it um yeah so uh some of some of Grogu's greatest acting <laughs> right yeah, one hundred percent. Horribly painful look on his face when he's like, ah. mm. "It, it, mm. it, it makes me feel like it's a choice, and it makes me feel like there's also like, um, almost something spiritual where, like, you know how different sounds pierce us in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that we get an emotional reaction to. It. It's, there's, it's almost like, I'm not suggesting that it's that it is the force or anything like that. I, I think it's it's metaphorical, but it almost feels like there is something to the ring of that metal Mm. Mm -hmm. that takes you to the roughest place (laughs) you've been through. I think it's a, it's a choice of the characters to, to embrace it and go through it. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it almost feels like it's, it's like, like, you know, the way fingernails on chalkboard, we have a visceral reaction to this is almost like this sort of like emotional (laughs) fingernails (laughs) on a chalkboard of it. It (laughs) seems to be like Grogu going like, okay, okay. I know I'm supposed to think about what made me and Oh, every hammer. Every hammer, oh, I'm, ba- I'm back in order sixty six.
4: Well,
3: yeah, I mean, you, nails on the chopper, yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, I could even look go in the way of music because, of course, I always can, and 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 I, you know, make the show music center too much. But you, you ever hear a song that years later it takes you right back to where you were, whether even though you're not that depressed or lonely anymore you're in a happy relationship and you're like oh i remember oh. when i was lonely let me think about this <laughs> Like, it, it's music's absolute. one of the most powerful things right yeah, and, yeah. And, and
2: that's one of the powerful things about music sometimes it's association sometimes especially when you're younger like you know mm-hmm. i could i tell you when i was six years old why that song made me sad <laughs> no. i did not no. know the science of that chord and never heard that chord before it just made me sad because mm-hmm. that's the power of music
3: you know yeah yeah um, so this, I think that if you're in tune within this you know I don't do a lot of meditation but this might be something it's like hey when, when when you when you're con- you train to do this you learn to meditate this is something that's there and even though this, this is grogu's first exposure to it I mean if someone tells you to do it say, hey hey I'm gonna build this think about it and then you're you're staring at the cocoon cocoon cocoon, cocoon, cocoon. like yeah absolutely with you on it
2: yeah mm-hmm. and, and then it's you know in it it isn't to me just like it does absolutely serve the purpose of we learn more about his story, you know. The Sharon sure. Beck reveal, awesome, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the story, in terms of Grogu, uh, he is being pushed to choose to be a Mandalorian. He is, he is being uh pushed just like you know, pushed hard to forge himself, and just like Luke asked him of it, mm-hmm. and Ahsoka kind of opened it just a little bit. He's he's being told again and again by everyone he meets, like. You gotta face that part of your life that you just don't wanna mm. think yeah. about, and it's interesting to me that where his mind goes is where's oh, a time that I felt helpless and surrounded by death but it also it 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 we we got din's backstory in flashes it it mm-hmm. slowly built to the full story right
4: yeah
2: and it really made me think about. Obviously, what he's going through is traumatic. There's sudden violence in his home. There's the the people he knows are dying all around him. But then a lot of this memory is being protected by someone kind mm-hmm. and going out into the galaxy with someone kind. And it, I wonder if we're going to get more of the story where Grogu faces the heart of the trauma, which is losing Keller and Beck
3: yeah 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 uh, and especially after Kelleran runs and drops him off with jar jar binks in, on the boo and uh, <laughs> go there um because uh, yeah i'm about 40 percent convinced myself that it's happening um yeah because the forge can reveal weakness right so part mm-hmm. of your weakness is you you felt attacked you felt lost you felt um you felt death you felt dealt around you and, and kindness saves you uh, kindness protects you uh and then as as ahsoka reminds us it goes dark after that right it goes dark mm-hmm. And we had speculated. A lot of people speculated. Was he saved from the temple? Was he whisked away? Was he stolen from the temple? We didn't know. Now we know. Now we know. It was kindness. I love I yeah. that phrase. It was kindness that saved them. It was, it was a dedication to uh, the younglings and the youth in the future. And, and now what comes next might be that weakness that he started to analyze. Yeah. It yeah. comes out of that vision. Sorry, sorry, cut you off. It comes out of that oh, vision. Yeah. You talk about some Grogu's best acting. Absolutely. He's heartbroken. He's mm-hmm. Heartbroken. in that moment.
2: It's like I faced this part of the trauma, and I can't look at the rest of it. Yeah, I, I and I, I love it, and I, we're going to talk more about kellerin back when we get to to Ken, and he will get his full due. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, for me, he's a he's a symbol of kindness and care, and he's a he's a he's a similarity to Din, right? Yeah. Uh, and and what else did Ahsoka tell him in the Jedi episode of like, it's great that you have this bond. Mm-hmm. But that bond can become dark if uh, if attachment isn't something that you're you're just gaining mm-hmm. strength from. But if it becomes your fear of losing them becomes an outlet for rage, anger, violence. Uh, mm-hmm. Insert Yoda quote from the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reason that he's thinking of this trauma in walking up to this point is well, maybe if the the thing that's holding him back is. This is wonderful to be with Din. I love being with with Dad. Hey, I, I love Aunt Ahsoka and Aunt vo What if I lose them? Yeah. What if I lose them like I lost all of the people at the temple? And in particular, Keller Beck was going to be my new dad. And we were going to bounce around the galaxy having adventures together. And he was going to protect me all the time. And I would know when to close my pram with, with mm-hmm, Daddy mm. Keller and this is the fear he's reliving. He loses Keller and violently is my, uh, hopefully uh, res- uh responsible speculation. Yeah. And did he flip out? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Did he, did he tap into the dark side? Is, is that what's being played with is the fear of losing Din?
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. Cause even some moments, uh, we'll talk about it more in, and lore, like you said, but like, uh, yeah, if you, uh, this is a second rewatch for me, uh, He's got some smiles on his face. He's got a little wind whipping in his ears while Kellerman's running away. He's, he's Don't get me wrong, tense moment, everything. But, but there's, when the ship does a dive, he has a little bit of a like a hey. So I, I, I think there was joy in that moment. And as we all know, uh, life can sometimes uh, bat you upside the head. And, and that might cause you to, to lead with fear that cuts out uh, even the possibility of joy. And, and I think that that's a lot of work. We pick up Grogu's story and once didn't find them.
2: Yeah, and I think it's so at play in in everything in this episode that is about uh, parents taking care of children, children reinvesting faith in a parent, and hoping that they aren't hurt. Than to also have in that cycle of thoughts of you know a, a traumatized toddler like Grogu saying, "Is it okay to love? Because I'll probably just lose them."
3: <laughs> it is a rock song.
2: is it okay to love sung by grogu which uh, brings me to the last thing i do want to talk about um we've all had fun talking about how much more grogu is squeaking and squawking we have got uh, Mm -hmm. confirmation after confirmation that grogu understands every word being said to him crystal clear right Mm -hmm. um we get this this rule that he is too young to speak the creed and so too young to wear a helmet this is the first time where an episode has moved Grogu's first words from a fun fan thing (laughs) to guess about in a fun fan thing to joke about to actual stakes. Mm -hmm. The first time he goes daddy to din, that helmet is getting slapped on him. Right. Yeah. And does he want that? How do we as an audience feel about like, it's one thing to have cool fan art of him someday having a helmet. Yeah. It's another thing to be like, look at the emotional connection we have with his face. And what everything the show is playing with, with Mm. the helmet is wonderful for choosing your identity and investing meaning in this and choosing your own path and honor in that. But it's also been shown to be something that is inhibiting connection.
1: Mm. Uh, So I just really
2: like that the stakes were sort of raised for his speech development uh, rather than just being a fun guessing game into Something that has stakes in the world. What do you I, think about that? I
3: absolutely love that. And also, once that helmet goes on, it's going to be really tough to fit uh, Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder in that in that Grogu costume. <laughs> so that's that's the challenge we got to deal with. But uh, yeah, you're very right. The fan art is hilarious. The fan art's cute, adorable, adorable whimsical. I love a lot of the fan art and Grogu's uh, Grogu wearing the armor. But it's a hundred percent what you're saying there. The stakes. You ain't going to see that face, and it's a commitment. Even even you look at Bo Katan, whether she's playing along or figuring out, I don't know. The, the whole like. The, the flashback of last week's episode um, really reminded me of that of uh, did you uh, walk in the living waters? I mean, well, technically I went in to save them. Great. The mask is on. <laughs> like there's mm-hmm. weight to it. And I, I thought that was a, like, there was a great moment. I, I love what you're saying there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that you bring up that Boca tan moment because it is that great push and pull of like, Oh great. I have community again. I have people again. I can't take off my helmet. I have to yeah. limit my connection. Um, Yeah, I I think the the other thing about Grogu's speech and this idea of forging yourself and facing your trauma and the forge will find your weaknesses. We don't yet know the story of is this perfectly normal speech development for a species or was like Yoda reciting epic poems by the time he was 30 Mm, (laughs) and Grogu's really behind has Grogu's trauma held back his development in, in an episode that starts with Grogu being very reluctant to move forward and just kind of wants to be with his dad and feel safe and play. And now he's being pushed. It, it raises a question to me about it. It's, it is is it can, is trauma holding back
3: his speech development? I, I, I could follow you on that path. Uh, yeah. I even had that moment of like, you know, some years prior now we're seeing him with, with Keller at the temple and uh, a couple of decades prior, we don't fully understand their, their growth pattern, but um uh, mm-hmm. It he, he was kind of similar, right? He he, he looked younger. His, his skin was shinier. He's already aging up in there. Um, <laughs> you know, skincare routine, Grogu. But yeah, I, I had that thought too of um, could there have been some sort of stunting? Yeah.
2: It was it was Yoda normally like reading him bedtime stories to get him, <laughs> get him mm-hmm. chattering?
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And that went away. Uh, so we talked a lot about a lot of big themes, big ideas. We talked about the the meaning of the chapter title. Was there anything in this episode that that you disliked? Your question, you said you you struggled a little bit with it at first uh, before you got on its wavelength.
4: Uh, <laughs> yes.
3: Any other struggles? Uh, to be clear, that struggle is uh, it's it's uh, it's beyond Star Wars or Game of Thrones or anything. I'm trying to think of any Lord of the Rings moments. Yeah, there's some Lord of the Rings moments in the Rings of Power. Just I have a weird pet peeve of like. It's a big key training scene. We're focusing on main characters. And in the background, you have some, God bless, some wonderful day Player trying to put food on the table. Just weak sword play. It's just weird. <laughs> I just can't turn away from it. I'm always like, what are they doing? What is that Night's Watchman doing? That's not how you fight. What are you doing? <laughs> so that's where it started. But it, it quickly moved beyond that. Um, no, this, this uh, you know, this is why we always encourage a second viewing, which doesn't mean your heart is wrong after the first viewing. It just... Um, I was so focused on Kelerin. I mean, we're we're running long now. Wait till I do three hours on Kelerin. But uh, I had this, like, vibe of, oh, it was, it was kind of in the middle of this episode. Uh, and now it flows so nicely. So even some of the questions I form, I I have. And then we went to the other question. I really I, I really said, uh, let's, let's talk about our current view of the, of the children of the watch. And um, I think it's evolving, changing, which in many directions. It, it's just, I think, the core, it's such the core of this season to me. What is the way? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the, what is the way? And and this was a wonderful episode to show us some wonderful things about the way. And I think some some dark notes uh, uh, lurking in the happy tune here for me that I can't yeah. wait to see how they explore. Um, yeah, I think for me, I think we already I already got a question coming in uh, from a listener I saw right before we started recording about the training scene. <laughs> uh, to me, the training scene was fine. I think uh they uh not everybody is as good as Din, Bo Katan, or Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like them being sort of the best of the best And maybe some of the other Mandalorians Like, you look cool in the armor, but you're You're not Din Djarin yet, you know Yeah, yeah, yeah um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I know what you mean Once you get an eye for, you know A, a background player <laughs> yeah. Making a weird face, and you see it once Like, well, there goes that film I Now I'm going to see that every time
3: Yeah, yeah, it, it has nothing to do with it and, Like, they're just trying to make a bucket of food on the table hey, It's just, it's just you know, yeah, you're right. Once you see it, once you see the kid back to the future three, make that weird hand gesture, you never not see it again. It's just, it's just, it's just there.
2: Exactly. Uh, once I saw uh, Bib Fortuna do like the big open mouth, haha gesture gesture uh, when Java is revealed, <laughs> uh, that's where my, my mind goes and my eye goes all the time. Um, this is a mild criticism for me or a mild thing. I, I disliked. I think that there is a pattern in some of the Mandoverse episodes to end on a very similar beat is a recent episode.
4: Mm-hmm. Not
2: exactly the same because there are different nuances, but on a quick glance, they can feel kind of similar. And uh, I think yeah. like that was a thing with uh, Book of Boba Fett. I love Book of Boba Fett. I've had, uh, I believe, two conversations the last month with people who really didn't like it, where I was like, I understand. But here's <laughs> all the things I like. So yeah. um, there, there, there's nuances to what is being said. But there are two episodes that basically end with Frank Shan saying to Fett, like, well, war is coming. We got to get ready. You know, and right. that's are right. nuances. So they are different. But it's very easy to see them as similar. Yeah. And I felt the same about this. I absolutely love the end beat with Bo-Katan wrestling with the Mythosaur. And it is different than last week under the surface and the nuance in what she's feeling uh but right on the surface it's two episodes in a row that end with Bo-Katan wrestling with the mythosaur
3: yeah yeah look I'll, I'll poke the sacred cow I I kind of have grown grumpy about Andor's four and five that end with mid-sentence looking at notes <laughs> about
4: ice that's gonna have almost
3: just like can Cassian finish his homework yes 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 I I totally feel you on that
2: yeah. So uh, mild criticism, it's mostly like I love these shows so much, I I I want to like a foundling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh love that protect them uh from criticism. That that's that's silly. Uh they're they're big shows, they can take care of themselves. Anyway, any other big thoughts uh before we take a break?
3: No, we've got some big ones to come though.
2: Yeah, we got some Canada to talk about, so we'll be back in a moment. Oh.
1: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry?
2: and we are back to continue our discussion of chapter 20 of the Mandalorian the foundling there's lots of fun canon things to talk about from the the big to the small but we got to go to the big shock kellerin beck kellerin beck is the jedi who escorted rescued grogu out of the temple Uh, I'm sure people who uh, it it was great to see the celebration on social media. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there are some people who were happy for the explainer articles (laughs) Mm -hmm. or did some Googling. Uh, If for any reason you're listening and you're not familiar, uh, Keller and Beck is from the uh, canon adjacent uh, Mm -hmm. television show Jedi Temple Challenge that uh, ran for one summer. Or Kellerman Beck was a Jedi who uh, taught uh, younglings on board uh, a star frigate, Athelia, uh, um, and it was a it was an old school game show, but set in the world of Star Wars. Uh, he had the nickname of the the Sabered Hand. Ahmad Ahmad Best had spoken uh, publicly in interviews about building up uh, some great lore for him. They never really kind of. Uh, answered exactly what era he might be from. So that was fun speculation. So that is what we have previously known of the character Keller and Beck. And then of course uh, there is the additional weight meaning discussion of the fact that this is uh, Ahmed best mm-hmm. uh, well known from playing uh a patron of the Outlander Club, Attack the Clones,
4: <laughs>
2: uh, Ahmed Beck, uh, and of course, you know, Jar Jar Binks. So Ken, take us wherever you want to go from reacting to the character Keller and Beck to the actor Ahmed Best. <laughs> What's going on for you? What's at play? Uh,
3: for I'll start here. Yeah, have you thanked your Scott Bromley today? Scott Bromley for Star Wars show <laughs> and Jedi Temple Talent challenge, and and, and 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 that was the way Ahmed returned to Star Wars, and he, he had voiced Jar Jar in Clone Wars. Eventually, after uh, I think what Phil Lamar had done it earlier, um, so that's great. I know. I, no, I, I want to go to the experience of it. I think you and I uh, should start there because um, uh, actually, no, actually, oh, I totally forgot. We someone maybe out there can help us. We discussed this as a possibility a while ago. Do you remember that? I think that? we did. We I think did. we did.
4: Yeah,
2: cuz he I think he he's he was on the list of characters who made sense, sense. to to me yeah. because I felt like it would be fun to have somebody that the audience had a relationship with mm-hmm. uh, but not something that kind of opened up a, a more complex story, right? Yeah. Like, um, I know some people wanted Cal Kestis, but I feel like, well, that that's really just opening up, you know, mm-hmm. this. Well, it, it can't be Cal Kestis, right? Yeah. Um, no, exactly. we know where Cal was at Order 66. It can't yeah. be Cal Kestis. Yeah, here we go. They wanted Cal Kestis to rescue Grogu. Yeah, uh, yeah. My apologies. Uh, Anyway, yes.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying it to, to certainly, Pat, to the show on the back, it's just it, when you discuss themes, discuss the possibilities, I think that's what happens. Uh, you know, it could have been Quinlan Vos, could have, could have been Barris Offey, all the stuff. And I, I got to tell you, there was in the back of my head, I thought, ah, yeah, I don't know, I could see Barris Offey. It just seems, you know, especially if Dave's co writing the episode and once a moment happened. But anyways, I want to go, I only say that because this has been on our mind and it works so well. This is just a, a decision that goes deeper than maybe it, it would seem on an internet meme. But the actual, when it happened, so so when we get the flashback, and I, I I have not felt this way since uh, Ray walked up to the mirror wall in the cave, right? <laughs> Where you're like, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go, right? That's just excited itself. And then on rewatch, they say his name right away. I missed it. It's the second Jedi. I think um, uh, you got a guy in the beginning says, get him a And and it got a second view, and I heard that clear day. I did not hear that, because I think I was so in my head going, ooh, here we go. And then, and then, then it was like, wait, did she say? And then there was a beat. Wait, wait, wait. And then I, right before the door opened, I literally stood, I was sitting alone on my couch. I stood up cause I went, they're going to do it. And and then you see Ahmed <laughs> and, and I, I I literally just stood up, I stood up and immediately had tears <laughs> in my eyes for Ahmed. For, there's great stuff about the character, but for Ahmed, and I want to talk about the Ahmed of it all. I think there's, there's some ways to look at it that could, I don't want to say destructive. There's some ways to look at it that that's, that don't uh, go back in history and be honest about it. I'll we'll talk about, I'll talk about my opinions about that in a second. But, um, it was. It, I'm telling. I'm not joking. It was one of my top, top five favorite experiences as a fan in the last five, six, seven years.
4: Mm-hmm. And just was yeah. so
3: like they did this amazing, and it works on so many levels. Yeah, uh, I really agree with
2: you, and I just want to. We'll definitely talk about Ahmed Best, but I want to talk mm-hmm. about the character yeah. Kelleran in that choice uh, a little bit as well. Uh, Beresoviy is a great example. I think that's somebody I was thinking of. Like, yeah, that that would be cool because we already know that character, but also like that character had been in theory arrested. <laughs> uh,
4: mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, w- what's she doing there? How does that, I, I, you know, I think the thing is like, I, I was interested in it being a Jedi who made sense to be rescuing young lanes. Yes. I was interested in it being a Jedi whose story is kind of open ended. Right. So mm-hmm. they are bringing something to the moment, but they're not eclipsing Grogu's moment. If it was, yeah. For me, if it was Barris I'd be like, th- well, this is great, but I'm now mostly thinking about, did she change her mind yeah, a- yeah, about yeah. the Jedi? Did she break out? Uh, did she, like, what is she doing there? You know what I mean? Um, so Quinlan Voss, I, I I just always wanted a little bit more time with. But then once we found out, like, at least he was a part of the path we learned in the Kenobi show. So he mm-hmm. made sense as somebody who would rescue a, a youngling. Uh, when we saw the corpse of Terra Nubia in Kenobi, I was mm-hmm. like, he trains younglings, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. hey if they can if they can get a dark crystal looking puppet of Inube, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great to waddle around, whip out a cane saber and rescue mm-hmm. Grogu, that would be great. But then in that list also uh mm-hmm. was Kelleran. Mm-hmm. Because he has the character has weight. Jedi Temple Challenge is, is canon adjacent at best. Mm-hmm. Um but he has weight because he's a teacher. He's mm-hmm. someone who cares for younglings and would would say hey my role isn't to go out in the front lines and stop Anakin Skywalker or my role isn't to run down and protect the archives right mm-hmm. my role is to go for the kids and go for the mm-hmm. most vulnerable kids who needs me that's who I am that's my role um mm. and I heard I heard right away get kellerin mm-hmm. and uh, I had, you know, one of those. Oh, did did I hear that right? Are they are they doing that? And then it was just like ah, it was it was so perfect, and and to see him with that hero shot, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that is celebratory of Ahmed best certainly, mm-hmm. um, but also so um immersed in the lore of the Mandalorian of. When you are a child in danger and you look up, what do you see? Do you see death or do you see salvation? And -hmm. the fact that we're kind of seeing him from Grogu's perspective, the same way Grogu would have saw Din and Mm IG-11 floating over him, and one was death and the other was salvation, and to see, you know, Kelleran in that role of, I look up and and I am saved, Mm -hmm. was really, really powerful. And, And for me, I was... Thrilled for Ahmed Best uh, mm. But I was just as moved by the, the ideas That were so in sync with the rest of this episode About who Keller and Beck is and what Grogu Must have felt to look up and see him You know and in and, yeah. and the power Of saying get him to Keller Like I, I want a whole <laughs> yeah. uh, Star Wars story That's called get him to Keller You'll be yeah. safe if you can get him to Keller You know
3: yeah it, it, it Reminds me and, and I always want to be Careful to highlight that you know speculation and predictions and all this stuff we we say it over and over again it's, it's a caveat that I, I think bears repeating because it's like it, it's part of the fun and we do it too and having this list and, and kellen possibly you know being a name on a list and i saw some other tweets of people that said this as well you know this is uh, his return for jedi double Tal- challenge was celebrated by many um it's all part of the fun but but i just it, it reminds me of of, of when these creators are firing on all cylinders and you just kind of see what they're trying to put out there and connect with the, what the show is telling you. It isn't an Easter egg hunt. Uh, it isn't <laughs> a, a, a connect the dots. It isn't fixing anything because um, that's not the purpose of this. It is, it is uh, Luke shows up because Luke needs to show up. Keller and Beck shows up because it's a damn good choice of what was going on in the Jedi temple at this time, what was going on in the order and who would be around to do exactly what you say, uh, preserve the order, preserve the future and save uh, the children. Everything's going to be all right, kid. It's such a powerful choice.
2: Yeah. And and how can we give it meaning and make it fun and surprising mm-hmm. without it being a distraction? Because it's kind of about something else. And,
3: and yeah. at least for, yeah.
2: maybe for me, maybe for some people, it was because it's so much about Ahmed Best.
3: Sure. Um, it's definitely bigger than the scene. We're going to get to that. But no, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. It, but, there's a lot of people who didn't know. Right.
2: Yeah. And like for me, I think I've said many times on this podcast, like it'd, it'd be fine if it's a um, poofle dinger that we've mm. <laughs> never oh, heard yeah. of, you know, Yeah. Uful, uh Puffle Ding, one of the great mm. Jedi. Like, mm-hmm. but I think it it did feel like w- w- we want some pop there. Um, and yeah. this provided it in a, in a great way. Let's talk about the Ahmed best of it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you you're you've got a a uh, powerful wave of thought and emotion, uh, waiting yeah. to be unleashed. So unleash it, yourself.
3: It's not done with any anger. It's not done with any uh, tis tisk. And I just, I, I I do believe, you know. You know, we we all know his journey. and Maybe you know all the details. He hasn't revealed all the details, and he's got that uh, show he's either been working on or put out that I think I can't wait to see. I can't remember what the status of that one man show that was being worked on. Um, I, look, I, I I just love where we're at, and and in short, sure, like I I think I've touched on this before, but like I I had pitched a uh, uh, working on a project uh, idea called forgiving jar jar and then i changed the title because like jar jar doesn't need our forgiveness we do <laughs> he's an audience do we as a, maybe our particular generation not as individuals but in a general sense of, of what ahmed went through uh, of what jake lloyd went through which we know is a is a, is a big um, big part of that as well so it is it's not a uh i don't want to i don't want to however you out there however you just want to look at it, i don't want to personally look at it as, as some sort of j- just simply redemption for um for 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 Jar Jar, uh, I was even talking with our buddy Ken about this. I it, it, it's it's maybe it's our redemption arc as
4: an audience. <laughs> that's
3: something that's pretty powerful. I even saw our buddy Ken tweet that out this morning too. But but it's it, it's on my mind. Of just like, you know, he didn't do that to himself. We did that to him as a person. Uh, got mm-hmm. him to the point where he was ready to jump, um, ready to change in end his life. It, that's serious stuff. at all because of a character that we failed to engage with. Not not we, you and I, but just general. That we failed to engage with that. We failed to see the perspective of other fans connecting to Jar Jar, why they needed it. It's why the Chuck Wendig Aftermath uh, epilogue is so powerful to me. Of, of the only people left around Jar Jar were the children. So once again, you have Ahmed playing a character who is there for the children. That's very meta and very powerful. Um, so I don't mean this at all in a tiss-tiss. I just like it, it's it's just a lesson in how we engage with this stuff and how we choose to talk about this stuff. I'm not saying everyone needs to love Jar Jar. Uh, but how you choose to discuss even your dis, um, you know, your 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 dis, uh, your, your, feel, your 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 lack of satisfi- satisfaction, uh your your lack of, um, of 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 love for that character, even how you choose to talk about that is important, and what what we're here for, uh, because it leads to it's harmful if done wrong. It's harmful if you're careless with it, and it was harmful, potentially fatally, to Ahmed Best. So for here, it's not just simply like congratulations, you're back. Um, I always say this, uh, a lot of times, like, you know, we sometimes celebrate the the barrier breakers in sports, but we never go back and question where the barriers were there. Um, mm. And Jackie Robinson deserves everything. But don't forget the barriers were there for him to break uh, in baseball and, and and analyze it all and celebrate it all. But analyze, it's, this is a very big celebratory moment for me. I had tears in my eyes because, Robin, Jedi Temple t- Challenge was amazing. We celebrated mm-hmm. that every week. You and I love seeing him there. Um, but to get to the, we're going to get a figure of all this kind of stuff that could happen of it. It's it just mm-hmm. it's an important moment, but, uh, I choose to look at it as, as, uh, a, a, a just as valuable lesson for us, uh, as it is a celebration for yeah. And, no, and I, I really, read it. Yeah. I don't know if it's a rant, Joseph. I just like, it was on my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a rant. It's, it is,
2: uh, sharing your opinion your in your perspective and your, your life experience. Um, yeah, I think the, the thing for me is, yeah, it's it. Um, I, I had uh, our friend Ken Plume texted me his tweet to make sure,
3: <laughs> as we're recording, uh, that Ken that is, I saw Ken, his. Ken, Ken Ken lives on the East Coast, but he he has vampire <laughs> hours, so he was texting me at like three in the morning his time. Love you, Ken. Yeah, uh,
2: and uh, you know, I I I I, uh, I just saw people celebrating last night, and, yes, and And I and I tapped out, and I didn't realize that that you know this morning maybe there is a a nuanced discussion happening of is this redemption, you know? Mm -hmm. And I understand being frustrated with the perspective of like Jar Jar was awful. So now, uh, Ahmed best has redeemed himself. Mm -hmm. I, if, if that is a a sentiment that's being shared, I, yeah, I I really disagree with that perspective. Um, for me, it is about, uh, cynicism and anger Mm -hmm. causing trauma and, overcoming that trauma and not having joy taken from you Mm -hmm. and i think that journey of jar jar uh, what jar jar actually symbolizes in the phantom menace of uh, innocence and kindness and the possibility of connection and bravery and all these things that you can kind of look at is you know cynically you can look at is sappy or just for kids and uh that's often what is what is brave about them right of of uh, we're gonna we're gonna express these things and say these things that are easy to d- to dismiss and go that's just that's kitty crap that's kitty belief you know mm-hmm. Oh, innocence working together you know <laughs> mm-hmm. uh being brave and pushing past your fear great uh you know Thanks for the, the little cookie cutter life wisdom. It's easy to be cynical about them. It takes bravery to go, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say hope matters. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know people are going to throw uh, slings and arrows at me. So there's that. That's what Jar Jar symbolizes uh, in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, then there is the truth of what happened when that film came out. I was of the generation that I loved Maul. I loved Obi Wan. I uh, uh, loved uh, Sidious being evil and kind of funny at the same time. Uh, one of my favorite lines has always been, "I will make
4: it legal."
2: Um, <laughs> but Jar Jar was was too silly. Mm-hmm. I did. I yeah, I didn't need to see somebody step in poopy and make mm-hmm. a joke about it and all, all that. And uh, Piusa and uh, the. Yeah all of it right mm-hmm. the, the, the quote in wayne's world with excuse yeah. me Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. Uh, but uh a i wasn't interacting with what the film was actually saying and in engaging with it in in going well, what is actually being said with the character do i agree with it how can i process it i wasn't doing that um and and b i wasn't making room for the fact that you know this is for people of all ages and maybe that's the very first time that a child has ever seen some of these great classic comedy bits of the Mm. lovable innocent bumbling fool the the person that everybody is hard on because they they don't quite uh you know fit in yet they're they're awkward and gangly and they're trying to figure out their way and they're uh, they they've got nothing but love in their heart but they're always in the way Mm -hmm. you know I, I didn't make room for the for the perspective of seeing that for the first time. And even, even if uh, a new Star Wars movie came out and it had a character like Jar Jar who was stepping in the boopy, I'd be like, for me right now, that's not my favorite, right? right. I don't need yep. that. Yep. But then I have the choice of how I react to it. And I think that's what you're talking about. And that's what's vital to the way we're interacting with media right now. I would have no problem saying, ah, those comedy beats didn't didn't work for me. They're clearly, you know, for a younger age. They're clearly Mm -hmm. for this idea. They're not for me. Mm -hmm. Or I could turn this piece of art, this character, this storytelling, the human behind it, into a punching bag Mm -hmm. to pour all of my anger and frustration in and go beyond criticism, go beyond joking, to just hitting something it's Mm -hmm. safe because it's a movie it's star wars it's george lucas he's he's a billionaire what am i gonna hurt him by making fun of his movie like maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) you certain we certainly hurt the person behind it Mm -hmm. and and that's the important distinction to me is not did you like it does it work for you those things are fine discussions poke a little Mm -hmm. good-natured fun at it fine but I think so much of our discussion tips beyond those things, legitimate criticism, good natured poking fun into you are angry as so many of us are. And so many of us have a reason to be and You're pouring it into a piece of art. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened uh, to mm-hmm. Jar Jar. I think that's what happened to Ahmed best mm-hmm. And the triumph is this man in endured all that and survived and instead of saying Star Wars was something I loved I poured my heart into it and I got acid back I'm never going to touch that again right. instead of saying that he says you're not going to take this from me mm. I'm going to come back and I'm going to be a part of this and I'm going to celebrate it and I'm going to relish it and hey uh, you know what I, I, I started as you know." A dancer, a gymnast, an, in, mm-hmm. an incredibly uh, well trained performer of incredibly difficult spectacle. And I'm going to, and that's with the skills that allowed him to create Jar Jar, mm-hmm. uh, a revolutionary breakthrough. And, and here he is back using those skills as well and having this different lightsaber fighting style, which I thought was really awesome oh, yeah. uh, and, and made it different and distinct. And it's his skills yeah. as a performer honed over decades. Uh, that are making that different and cool. You know, he's not just another one of the uh, Padawans. You know, in in our many <laughs> now Order sixty six scenes, uh, yeah. it's something stylish and distinctive because that's who he is as a performer.
3: Yeah, no, well said, well said. Uh, yeah, and I, and I never. I hope I don't want to take anyone's joy away of, of of how they celebrated it. Uh, I want to celebrate his return to Star Wars, both in twenty nineteen and now on this major way. Uh, and I just want to also stop and reflect on, on why he was away and why he at times maybe chose to, to be away. Right. Um, that's all part of the picture, but it all leads to this. Just, I got to tell you one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars in a long time. It'll, it'll stay up there high in the rankings for a a long time. I love this scene. Yeah, it was great. It was really, really great. And I think it
2: kind of, it leads us to some of our other Canon discussion. Oh, there's more. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, there's, there's fun of like, Oh, he's the sabered hand. That's his nickname, but he was using Jarkai, the, uh, the two lightsaber technique. Awesome. Um, but then the, the don't worry going to meet up with some friends of mine. Like we just got sort of rewarded with the, who is going to rescue Grogu. It's this fascinating choice in the galaxy with our own cultural relationship with star Wars. And then it's, uh, the fact that it was, you know, Nubu Royal guards in an H type Nubian yacht, Mm -hmm. uh, Padme flies a lot of ships in the prequels. Uh, I believe that one is the H-type Nubian yacht. Um, the only way it could have been more a celebration of the prequels is if we saw Keller and Beck uh, hit the same button that starts the ship and the communicator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, where did your mind go with um, either in-universe in, in universe or um, in terms of what it means in the Star Wars galaxy or our own relationship to the, the prequels yeah. um, that the Naboo and that ship was the salvation
3: at the very least. It's an amazing, impressive, impressive and respectful, um, reference and call out, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's meta in its own way. It's, it's, it's Jar Jar Biggs, a, a son of Naboo. If you want to look at it that way, uh, um, Flying a ship there and where he goes from here, uh, you know, to me almost, uh, it, do, it does matter. But like, oh, that could have been the end of the journey. Like, what a fun reference. The Ru- Ru- the movie Royal Guard there, the ship, Nubian, Nubian. Yeah, it's, it's, it, that, that, that alone was quite frankly enough. But what you did also describe too is it's like you get a Christmas gift and you open up that gift and it's like half of the gift and your parents are like, and the other half is in this box. And you're like, <laughs> oh, so I had the, the big, the elevator doors open. It's Caloretta. And then he's like, we go into some of my friends. I'm like, we, I just got another gift. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of options. I want to hear your thoughts uh, on that. I, I, I'm i half, I'm 2% joking, I guess. I'll even, 2% joking that it could be uh, Representative Binks. Uh, it would bl- maybe be, I don't know if it would be too much. I'd love it. I'd cry tears of joy and, 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 and want to go back and correct my attitude in 1999. But um, it, it all could make sense. And it's all big and fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you're you're right that that is one of the implications that like Jar Jar <laughs> sees what's going on, and he he's got a friendship with Kelleran. <laughs> yes, uh, and it, like, and
3: uh, way, it could be you know it could be an Ada to Padme, it could be Sabe, it could be get you know, all that you know. But Padme's got some stuff going on at this moment. Um, yeah,
2: Kellarin could have he could he have been on Naboo and and have a strong bond to Queen a- Apolna, you know. Mm-hmm but it could be representative banks. Just yeah. I think, uh, I think for me where my mind went just it, it, in times of great darkness there in storytelling, I I'm always excited to see the, the people who are making the right choices and our heroes. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. the feeling of, of the, the triumphant star Wars theme when, you know, a, a hero from Alderaan arises because they're on the right side. Right. You know, but right. uh, for, for me at times in the Mandalorian, when the new Republic shows up, right. They're, they're the heroes. Um, I know uh, that is getting complicated, but uh, mm-hmm. for me, when those X wings show up, the New Republic's here. Um, yeah, yeah. So to to just kind of see Naboo it, it, and you know, powerful figures on Naboo being like, "Yeah, this isn't right," and mm-hmm. we got your back. You know, we'll help you get the kids out. Is yeah, yeah. It, it it just um it, it slots the Naboo into in general as a culture into this. Hurlic uh, Pantheon, they're like the people of Alderaan, the people of Naboo are, they're the people you go to who are on the right path, except for right.
3: Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> except for Palpatine. <laughs> Makes his uh, his choices even that much more bad and evil. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that. That's great. And, and, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, going back to some of the meta slide, I, uh, you and I have mentioned before that, that panel, 2019 Chicago, Favreau, I, I don't know. I'm not much of a fan of the prequels, but Dave's, Dave's working on me to this moment. <laughs> right, Right. And and imagine going back to, uh, mm. to 1999
2: and going, you know what, uh, in, in quite a few years, uh, <laughs> Action Jackson is going to direct Jar Jar Binks as an awesome Jedi movie.
3: It is show produced by the guy who just gave you swingers. <laughs> what? Uh, life takes
2: you surprising places. Life takes um, some other, uh, uh. Just smaller canon things. It's great to see uh, here, rather, uh, fresh dialogue from uh, Demora Morrison as the clones. That was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Confirmed in the credits. Uh, I guess if you're going to build the assets for Monument Plaza in the mountain, <laughs> who, <not>? <laughs> <laughs> <Keep them. laughs> who mate? Yep. You, you're going to keep them coming. Love that. It's um, so a couple in, uh, in dialogue of Bo Katan and the armor, a couple of uh, super deep cuts uh I, well from my perspective because they're legends uh, about uh mandalorian stuff uh when uh, bo-katan is talking about climbing the, the nest of the raptor uh she says it's not it's like the kimurut uh Khmerut hills that she climbed uh that's from the star wars legends books republic commando true colors uh by uh, karen travis Uh, And in Legends, that was a Mandalorian stronghold uh, where runaway clones who didn't like the Clone War were welcome at Um, that place. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, uh, The armor instructs uh, Bo-Katan to take the Shriek Hawk training team with her on the rescue mission. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Shriek Hawk is a predator bird on Mandalore. Uh, The symbol of Clan Vizla, and sometimes symbol of Death Watch is an image of the Shriek Hawk, that sort of a three- Claw marks, kind of all together. Uh, that image is on the the shoulders of or, of the Mandalorians who rescued young Din jarin So uh, that was a, a fun little. You run it down. I guess that, that that's one other thing to jump back quickly to Keller and Beck. Uh, Favreau has said again and again in a recent slate of interviews of, we want to celebrate all Star Wars fans. So we want to pull from lots of different places. We really want to recognize lots of people love Star Wars from lots of different places. So, been a lot of little Legends references, and, and I feel like Keller and Beck is a part of that, too. There's obviously the history of Ahmed Best himself, but also, like, the...
4: Mm.
2: Yeah, it was a... It was a game show uh, mm-hmm. for kids that ran for one summer, but did you like that? Are, are You know, are you, like, 10 now, and you saw that when you were 7, and that was
3: your first Star Wars? You're yeah. welcome, too. I, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I, I'm just double-confirming that Okay, so the air, the air date was 2020. I said 2019 earlier. I apologize. So, air date was June 2020. You're, you're, yeah, like you said, you're already 10. You're, you're, you were nine. You're now 12. That's, that's, first of all, that seems like decades when you're that mm-hmm. age. And now you're like, that guy for that game show.
2: Oh my God. He's in Mando. Yeah. And he, he played another character in Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I have such fond memories of Jedi Temple Challenge because it was in, 2020 it was like here in the summer of 2020 it's like a nice thing what's this about yeah yeah exactly yeah so uh the other bit of canon i wrote down and was really affected by is the number of concrete rules of the creed the way that gets spat out in this episode um yeah it's part of one of the things that made me love it and feel like okay now we're now we're in it
4: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. uh because it, it isn't just Din repeating this is the way. It's a sharing of specific rules from huge and emotional to mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of pedantic. Um made a quick list of them, then we can talk about whatever we want. Um the 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 uh idea that the uh protecting foundlings is the highest um most important thing in the creed, period. Um mm-hmm. Then we get the kind of straightforward that found lanes must rise to the level of apprentice. Another sort of uh, thing that, that invites comparison to the Jedi. Uh, Din's official title with in, in terms of his relationship to Grogu within the covert is ward. He says, I'm his ward. Mm. Uh, we learn what might be vital information uh, that Grogu is too young to speak the creed and so too young to wear a helmet. Mm. That's great. This kind of important back and forth uh, uh, that is clearly a saying, maybe it's a part of the creed Uh, one does not speak unless one knows. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, This is this we already saw Din do, Mm -hmm. and the armor responded, This is the way, but the armor makes it clear it is a tradition in our culture for each to donate a small portion of what they earn to the foundlings. Uh, and then I would say to the downright pedantic, uh, when, <laughs> uh, when Paz Vizla says you are the leader of the war party, you have the honor of staying by the fire. It's a great moment, a beautiful moment, a, uh, an important moment for Bo-Katan. Uh, but it also made me feel like, you know, when he says, this is the way, like how long are the bylaws? Like, this isn't <laughs> just what you recite when you, you yeah. walk into the water. Like, yeah. And now that you've passed that, uh, here is our four hundred and eighty-seven rules yeah. that deal with everything down to how do we dine while <laughs> on a hunting party. Yeah, and you got to memorize them. Uh, yeah. So go anywhere you want with
3: any of those. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's where I'll go. I'll go to Wedding Crashers and Zombie Land, two movies that just suddenly throw <laughs> random rule numbers up. Rule number seventeen. Uh, yeah, I, I I love this. Uh, you can go a lot of ways. I I thought there was a lot to take from pause. Uh, Vizla, you know, both the negative kind of what you were talking about earlier of, well, you lost, don't speak unless, uh, no one, you know, unless you know it varies. Oh, not unlike the rock and wrestling saying, you know, know your role. It, it, so it can be good and bad, how it's delivered, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but, uh, I I like that, I, I like all of it, but yeah, it's, um, when you lay it all down on, on paper, it is it is that delicate balance, and I think you and I've talked about it here. And it's it's up for uh, being analyzed. Of, of it, it is both what keeps you going, it it protects you, it's your survival. We've seen that with the, the with the watch so far, and then it's also maybe what keeps you there. Uh, they keep getting away. This always happens. These birds kill our kids. What are we gonna do? <laughs> uh, you know, change? No, no. This is the way. Like it, it's 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 fascinating to see it laid out like you're saying, and I, I love it. I, the, my favorite one is the the. The you know uh, I didn't even write it down, but you know don't speak unless you know is is a, is an interesting idea I can I can explore maybe get parts of uh, get behind parts of it.
2: Yeah, I I love that one. One does not speak unless one knows because go. it it, it played with our perception right because we get a uh, Ragnar and I think the acting performance is, is great. I'm not criticizing the the child or Garo Weathers' direction, but a little, a little smug right of like oh you're gonna make me fight against. It's very, it's very Luke meeting Yoda, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's too young and you can barely get the thing on his wrist. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and so we have this strong response. I was like, Oh, you don't know. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You don't know what we know. So, you know, uh, it's um, I'm sure for a a lot of us can have a reaction to one does not speak unless one knows of uh, wanting to say that to people who don't see our true value or think they're right about something, but they don't have the whole picture. Um, so there's that sort of positive side of like, don't judge things by their appearance, you know, don't come into somebody's, uh, you know, Twitter feed, you know, saying, well, why why are you telling me this thing about rocket scientists? And then a woman having to respond like, because I'm a rocket scientist, (laughs) do not tweet unless one knows, like there's that part of it that's kind of fist pumping. But then I was thinking about this line when Bo-Katan couldn't, couldn't get the, guidance in the conversation she needed from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the armor, right? She doesn't know. So she's asking, right? And there's a little bit of this like you don't have the answer, so why are you talking about this?
3: Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
2: And one does not speak unless one knows it is it's great for somebody who is who is being a hubris, yeah, having yeah. some hubris being cocky, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a terrible thing to to tell it Child, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's enough in our culture, and I think where we fear asking a question because somebody we will take an advantage advantage of it to make fun of us, right? Totally. Or to, you know, any any number of that's a vulnerability. Don't ask a question. It's so great to ask questions because how else are you going to know, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I I long for all of us to extend that trust that. You can see me as a valued, knowledgeable person, and I can ask you about something I don't know about, and you won't talk down to me like a child. You'll just share the information with me Mm -hmm. and not use it as a tool to demean me. Um, So there's a lot of sides to me to the one does not speak unless one knows.
3: Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I agree with you. Like I said, I I think from on the aggressive side of it, I get it. It is a cool line. You know, I want mm-hmm. I want to tweet that out too. <laughs> I wanna to tweet that out too. But but I, again I do you're sorry to put the end result is the child alone on a beach vulnerable.
2: Yep. Yep. Uh yeah. Anyway, we could talk about that one forever, but I think it's a great mm-hmm. example of the complexity of the children of the watch. All right, we're we'll gonna move on from canon unless you have anything else. No, no, go for it. Okay, let's talk uh some action moments. There's some fun action in this. Did you have some uh
3: some fist pumping moments? Uh, Dual by Paint Dart was pretty funny and cool. Uh, enjoyed it. Uh, also adorable that little uh, Paint Dart, uh, the Paint Dart, but the, the training Dart uh, wristband was great. Uh, and it's been fascinating. You know, they, they're, they're Grogu's moving a lot more, right? Both walking, shuffling along, leaping into Pelly's arms, and now this, uh, and it absolutely makes me think of Attack of the Clowns, and I love seeing it.
2: Yeah, I I applauded and hooted uh, loudly for Grogu's flip and triple shot uh, just from the, you don't know, you don't know what you're dealing with. <laughs> and, and wondering, like, is he going to force push him or what? But no, uh, that seems to be Grogu's favorite force move is flipping, which we saw him learn from Luke. And it's kind of acknowledged. Did he learn that from you? Not from me. Not from me. Um, And then just the sort of the deadpan of it and boom, boom, boom. Three in the yes, chest, <laughs> uh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my absolute favorite action moments. Um, uh, what were some other moments for you?
3: I, I do want you know uh, the the sabered hand man. You, you're so right. There's a, the, one of my favorite Keller moments. Is is um, you know he's there to help. Everything's going to be all right, kid. He's made this promise. He's he's got this um, goal. That he Grogu right now is the only one. There was others that he was trying to save, and and to have the clones and, and make that in that moment make that decision. It makes me think of some of Luke's lessons on Pillio, to Del Mico of you know, they didn't give me a choice. Um, and they made the decision talking about the calls. And it, yes, I, I know about the chip and all that kind of stuff. What I'm talking about in this moment. I love when he turns around and he's got that look at his face. That look is action. And mm-hmm. he's double-blading. I want, that's the figure I want. You know, shocker, that's going to be the figure you and I need after this episode, but mm-hmm. double-blading Keller and Kellerin. give me that now. It was an amazing little moment.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I know there's a discussion to be had because uh, Keller and uh, his lightsaber was was uh, going to be purple. Uh, but who, that, I'm sure there'll be many interviews and think pieces. Uh, yes, but yes, I yes. love that his lightsaber fighting style was different. Um, it had this kind of big sweeping energy. A lot of the uh, mm-hmm. the sort of final moves were these like very uh, either horizontal, uh, mm-hmm. you, know, to, you know, in rhythm with the ground or in... in you know, direct sort of 90-degree angles, uh, I really liked that. It just Mm -hmm. had kind of like a a different style, so it really made him feel like this is somebody who's studied Mm -hmm. a specific style. Um, Also, I got my favorite thing, Ken. Mm -hmm. I got somebody falling from a high place. (laughs)
3: yes. (laughs) That
2: big force push from a high place. Mm -hmm. I I understand why the majority of the Order 66 imagery you see is the Jedi in desperate defense, the clone Mm -hmm. knows... Know their weakness, know the angles to attack them with overwhelming shots that they can't, you know, defend against. Uh, so it's totally understandable that the majority of images we see from Order 66 are, are Jedi just desperately blocking, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's fun to see uh, a moment of nope, <laughs> force push, bye
4: <bye-bye>.
3: bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, you, you can almost hear that sound that Droid makes, Battle Droid makes when, when Qui Gon force pushes and Phantom Manage. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Why?
2: um the it was great to see republic gunships but sad to see them just blasting the side of buildings that was great
3: yeah that tra- uh, what that train man what happened to that train I mean has got to do what Keller's got to do but uh, you know collide in that train or whatever yeah I think a, I think a droid conductor probably um met their end yeah yeah
2: yeah That's there you my, my head cannon um I liked seeing the the wings chase the Naboo yacht and it's been mm-hmm. something that uh, I've been noticing a lot in in bad batch. I really like how the V-Wings are sort of used as uh, the early, you know, Empire that has it technically probably hasn't, hasn't even started yet here. Uh, but they're the TIE Fighters before TIE Fighters. They got that same sort of vicious uh, uh, noise mm-hmm. and movement. And, and they've been using the V-Wings to great effect as proto-TIE Fighters emotionally in Bad Batch. And I thought they did here, too.
3: Uh, yeah, and there, yeah, I love some of the, the choices there, some of the the cuts, the push ins. Uh, Reminds me of uh, Battle Geonosis footage with the with the um, those quick kind of push ins on the on the uh, mm-hmm. land ships. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, hmm. Moving on to uh, the, the big Raptor adventure was the Raptor baby reveal. Was that one of your favorite action moments?
3: Well, yeah, it was, but it, you know, I'm glad I, the, the episode just uh, hit me where I needed it. Uh, like Carl Weathers tweets, be peace. I, those baby Raptors, nothing was their fault. So the, the fact mm-hmm. that, uh, that's the first thought I had from the moment. So, you know, it's like, "Put the way, put the babies. And I love the ending there, but that whole sequence had uh, it was great tension. Uh, um, I, I put it in a note to myself it had a lot of um Saturday morning land of the lost vibe stuff going on mm. and I really like that and there's a specific moment where where poor Paz is in the mouth there's that it's kind of a wide shot and he, you, his desperate flame attack. I just kind of like that little moment.
2: oh yeah no, I really like that of like what once he was in the Raptor's mouth yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm trying to get this down your gullet, it's not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the baby reveal was great. I I, I didn't really see it coming. Um, mm-hmm. but I think my favorite thing in, in that sequence, uh, was the fact that the adult space raptor, sp- had to spit up Ragnar. Was keeping Ragnar in their throat or in some sack?
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, I've been thinking so much about like pulp and adventure serial, and and the power of it being that it's wonderful and terrifying at the same time that that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when we see fantasy images that strike us it's because it's like this sort of wonder of a world that we could never see that isn't quite real Mm -hmm. or the absolute terror of something that uh, we don't want to be real it invokes Mm -hmm. (laughs) nightmares right in the idea of that you think that's gonna the raptor's gonna breathe fire spit acid and spin up ragnar was just mm-hmm. shocking and disgusting mm-hmm. and then about to do the baby bird feed like i'm just you just watch i'm gonna Good feed fun. i'm gonna feed your baby to my babies <laughs> terrifying
3: love that great
2: stuff. uh yeah and then I, I i love the big raptor wing slap to bo-katan that was great mm-hmm. um, um great for us to see so clearly her losing her armor and i like i like the continuing like hey it is the mandalorian din is really good and i liked that then you know yeah. did the wing binding shot and, and got the kid
3: yeah lest we forget Din it uh Den is good yeah yeah any other action moments for you uh no pretty much sums it up there just double blade and kelleran that's where my heart was
2: double blade and kelleran all right let's talk moments of comedy whimsy <laughs> you yeah, know what jumped out to you for uh you Wonderful gotta, warm moments.
3: Yeah, you got to go uh, um, back to the, the the darts there. Just the fact that, you know, you, you, Bo Katan's got to strap on these little darts. Dude. It's so, it's too adorable. It's too much to take. Uh, and I, I was even thinking some of the, you know, just squeeze your wrist. Like, well, what? Does it does it sense the muscles? Like, what? what How does it actually work? But you don't need to worry about that. Uh, and then I love the little side of like Bo Katan standing there very straight up postrate posture just kind of he doesn't know how to fire darts as if <laughs> like when did you had that opportunity right like i i've had that sometimes and not 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 to wagging fingers at tab, but just like you know like i was taught to change my own oh, my car i don't do it but other people be like what you don't know how to completely re- redo your engine like
4: why would mm-hmm. i know to do that
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> would, you, would you like to know how to produce a podcast do you know how to do that
3: yeah. <laughs> exactly could you do a seven minute set go get up on stage do it now
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> we all have different <laughs> skills yeah uh man everything in uh, grogu's do i really have to do this daddy you know yes yes Yes. don't look at me don't look at him uh, don't look at me look at him all mm-hmm. that stuff is great um I, I, the one does not speak unless one knows was great and, and powerful and interesting. But I, and Ragnar's, like, oh, I know. And mm. the, the line that really got me is Denz. Perhaps this lesson is for you then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. great. Um, we talked about the, the sort of Grogu energy in the flashback, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I loved the energy of Grogu's pod opening after Kelleran's speeder crash. Right, right, and it did seem like a younger Grogu. It seemed more like early yeah. uh, in Mandalorian Grogu. He they kind of popped out with that. I'm fine. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Sort of comic energy that really did attach his his journey, his relationship
3: with Keller to his his relationship with Din. Uh, absolutely, I love a lot of little moments. There's a little smile, the the, the, the controlling it because we've been we made such a big deal of him actually kind of driving around his pod this time. But the fact that he knows that button, he knew that button. I love that.
2: Yeah. I think my, my final moment, uh, without just going on and on of every beat of the, uh, of the dark competition, I love when they return having successfully rescued Ragnar that the, the Mandalorian applause, the, this is the way to applaud is clanking <laughs> their Vambraces <fan laughs> together. Yes.
4: <laughs> yeah, I love it's that. So
2: great. Uh, just a, a personal thing for me, uh, like w- when, when I do shows, particularly when I do a show, uh, that I'm on the show with other people, mm-hmm. uh, I really like uh, having like uh, having a beer. Mm-hmm. And so there've been times where, like I don't have hands free to applaud. So I will personally applaud by uh, clinking <laughs> my wedding ring on my beer glass. <laughs> I it. So I was like, oh, the, the Mandalorians, they're just like me. Yeah, that, um, is, that is the way. That, yeah. This is the way. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on?
3: I, I think we hit on a lot of spots, and and I'm just going to re- reiterate. I, I don't. I hope no one thinks I'm policing how you're celebrating Ahmed coming back. I just think it's something that's uh, been a long time coming. And again, going back to Jedi Temple Challenge, I, I keep thinking 2019 at the um, Chicago uh, panel is, is why I think that year's in my brain as well. Mm. Um, it's just wonderful to have him here. Um, I choose to not say necessarily uh, back. He's here, and that's what's important
4: to me.
2: Yeah, no, I really agree with you. I think it's a it is a positive thing mm-hmm. um, that he is you know finding joy in Star Wars and being a part of the the community and a part of the world is just uh, it's a triumph. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing for me is uh, you had mentioned it and I hadn't really been paying attention and following up on it that uh, Tate Fletcher, who has uh, always been the uh, physical body actor for Paz Vizla. Uh, has taken over the voice role from John Favreau. Mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's just John being like, ah, I don't I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. need to be in the voice booth too. Um, or is I've seen some speculation when i when I looked into it uh, that there's the possibility of we want to be ready for a helmet removal. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like it, it's that's a uh, fun speculation? Do you think that's mm-hmm. wild speculation? Do you think uh, Johnny Favs is just like, I'm wearing enough hats?
3: Yeah, look, I'm gonna go cook a cubano. You guys handle the voice stuff. No, I, I actually that's a great. I hadn't thought about that. That if if you're leading to that, and if it's the same performer, and he's doing a great job, yeah, you could you, couldn't, you mm. couldn't tell the difference, but he's hitting. It's it's really good. It, 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 it's it's great. Yeah, it's not it not doesn't take me out. I think it was just fun to have John doing it because of Previsla, but also you know he sounded like Rio Durant a lot. So you know <laughs> <laughs> now it's a different, and I like it more. But to to lead to that, that's that uh, that's interesting speculation. I like that
2: yeah yeah i you have him start talking about a minock roast would, would have been awkward uh. <laughs> uh are you thinking of any
3: predictions or hopes for next week or the shape of season three now that we're halfway through i mean there's there's a little beats here and there that we know from trailers and, but here's what i love about the season we keep saying it i think at the end of the episodes are all through these reviews so far with Mandalorian, report season three of of I went in thinking, ah, this is probably a season of him going to get to Mandalore, and, and oh, look at that—we need IGA 11's memory, so that's Quest One. Um, and no mistake to think that because look at look at season one and two. Uh, it, it has broken that mold a bit. Uh, there's still a lot of ventures every week. Obviously, um, I absolutely look at Bo-Katan as a kind of a, a co-lead this season in a way, mm-hmm. and not a not mean that in disrespect to to Jaren as a character. So I, I, I'm. Mm-hmm confused. I, I know we probably need to go back to Navarro and there's probably some stuff there and yes, there's some giant questions about Pershing, Moff, Gideon and all those things. And I think in time, but we only have four episodes, in time it will be revealed. So I, I do think I'm I'm focusing on the next step in Grogu's journey through his memories and if we'll see it and how soon we'll see it. Um, I'm excited by the possibility uh, yes, of Jar Jar Binks, of, of Sabe, of anyone, any anyone for rick olier could have been on that ship we've got to escape this ship will get us away could have been anything but i'm just excited to see that the the, the mystery is not done it's it's an ongoing story
2: Hmm. yeah no i'm right there with you i feel like um if anybody hasn't watched the trailers and memorized them and want to tap out for 60 seconds totally understand one of the I think few remaining big scenes is we, we know Mando's are going to Navarro. So it's really interesting to think about Mm -hmm. why is that in defense? Uh, because there's an attack from, uh, from the pirates. Mm -hmm. Uh, is this, is this then saying, I got a, I got a request from help from my old pal grief and I got the dark saber. So you're going and Mm -hmm. they're like, this is the way, um, is it, is it Gideon? Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. Gideon, we, you know, is in the season allegedly, um, and we've got Bocatan's relationship with the Mythosaur. We've got is it is it going to be Bocatan on the Mythosaur and a bunch of other Mando's yeah. <laughs> on Raptors? Yeah. Is it going to be Bo-Katan and Din riding the Mythosaur together? Um, right. There, there's so much going on and so much that it's leading to. And I think the the question that I keep having is how far into the story is this season going to go? Is this season going to be? Uh, the this covert versus moff gideon you know mm-hmm. uh is this going to end with them retaking mandalore you know mm-hmm. uh the the themes and the conflicts and the characters the the chess pieces on the board are clear but kind of like where we're building to in terms of where this season ends versus the continuing story mm-hmm. is really unclear to me and i know a lot of people are on on thron watch <laughs> sure <laughs> uh, we'll see uh, but, yeah, I think for me, for this season, the thing that I'm now the most in, intrigued by and curious about is, uh, I could absolutely be wrong, but it, it does feel like that was uh, Grogu trauma processing part one. Mm-hmm. So, I'm obviously thrilled to see part two. I'm also really intrigued to see what what is going to trigger uh, mm-hmm. the memory of part two.
3: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Good, good point. Yeah.
2: So, lots of things to be excited for. Uh, We already know the majority of the answer to our final fun question, which is, what action figure or merch do we want? Inspired by this episode, Uh, Ken, if you had to, if you could say it and make it so, uh, what what scale, what kind of Keller and Beck sabered <laughs> hand with two lightsabers action figure
3: do you want? We, we need multiple sets. So a six-inch black series, because there have been some fan customs out there, six-inch black series, Keller and Beck, we need that. We need a three-and-three-quarter. Uh, we absolutely need that. And then we need the three-and-three-quarter um, battle pack of him on that speeder with Grogu in the pram. And then you need a Funko Pop <laughs> series about that, too.
4: You need it
2: all. You need it all. You need it all. You, from, from black series to vintage to retro. I'll yeah. tell you what, if, if things continue the way they are, uh, uh, any character who shares a scene with Grogu has a chance at getting an expensive double pack action
4: figure. <laughs> that's spooky. That's spooky. <laughs> they
2: just announced the uh, the very expensive but great looking uh, Luke Skywalker Jedi Master training with the sack that you can put Grogu in Black Series. Uh, I think that's coming for the vintage line too. So Keller and Beck, mm-hmm. what a move! What a, what a great move to save the child and get yourself an action figure for sure, at least in a double pack with Grogu.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, if I could pick one other action figure from this episode, this is what I want, Ken. I want a Mando uh, <laughs> Kid Tournament Judge. Oh yeah,
3: that's okay.
2: There are a lot. It's been really fun to to look at all the different art of the Mandalorians, and, and I'm with you. I I I I like the Mandalorians. I love the, the the look of them. They're so aesthetically cool. But I'm really engaged when we dive into the the meaning of them. But it's also just been fun to look at all the different designs. And I love this one of the, had the kind of rough dark green cape pushed to the side, the Mm -hmm. bright orange helmet. Like you look like a kitchen from the seventies and yet still cool. I want an action figure
3: view. <laughs> he does. Yeah. The 70s vibe is strong. All <laughs> these, you just hit up on it. All these mandos here in the, uh, on the beach, they, they remind me of different shades and shapes of Tupperware at Tupperware Park. <laughs> yeah. And, and their,
2: their uh, Tupperware cannot be burped. Have you ever burped your Tupperware? Have you ever allowed someone else to burp your Tupperware?
3: This is the way. That's amazing. And and yes, I know probably every generation understands Tupperware, but there might be younger generations that don't understand Tupperware parties. Oh, it was everywhere. All right. That is our big
2: look at this, uh, in my opinion, Great episode of The Mandalorian. Lots of different uh, angles and elements to explore. So, thank you for sticking with us on a long episode, Ken. Where can people find
3: us? Hey, we are Force Center. We are on Twitter at Force Center Pod, Hive Social, as well as Force Center Instagram is uh, Force Center Pod on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. Don't forget, if you would love to consider, maybe head over to our YouTube channel, subscribe over there, hit the notification bell. We got cool things like videos, shorts, uh, live Q As, more things coming uh so head over there if you want some merch you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash four center just like listening to the podcast man we love that you can find us in a lot of spots so if this spot doesn't work for you just search you'll find us stitcher tune in uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, they're all there. You can support us directly at Patreon.com slash Force Find me at CatNapsock or go to my website, CatNapsock.com. I have a podcast called The Blathering. If you want to actually hear me get kind of angry about how we talk about movie news and why it the world, go check out this week's episode. You can get the link at CatNapsock.com. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me
2: on all the social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram in particular. I am uh, trying to spend a little bit more time over there, I'm also on Mastodon. So uh, come find me in those places. You can also check out Uh, my YouTube channel for some comedy, some short films, the not-on-boxing videos live there, as well as TikTok, so come find me on YouTube just by searching for Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, One final thing, Uh, I want to point out that there is an important election happening for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. It has a a lot of stakes, obviously, for Wisconsin, but uh, potentially beyond, so if you're interested in learning more about that and maybe want to write some letters to encourage people not to vote in any particular way, but simply to vote, to use their power. There's a great service called Vote Forward. I'm going to be writing some letters. And if you're interested in checking that out, you can uh, read all about it at Vote Forward uh, at website, votefwd.org. That is it for myself, for Ken, for both lightsabers of Keller and Beck. This has been The Mandalorian Report. <laughs>